Triple G and the rest, like an overhand right from Crocodile to left. The tail of the tape on the boxing rant.com. It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings. It's the tail of the tape. Time to enter the ring. The tail of the tape on the boxing Welcome back to the tail of the tape. What up, what up, fight fans, and welcome to a very special Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview edition of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Keith of TheBoxingRant.com, and joining me, as always, for episode 47 of the Tale of the Tape, my co-host and partner in crime, Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, Ken? I don't know about you, but uh, this week I'm going to have some serious trouble here fighting wood. I think I'm going to be tucking up in the waistband, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, man. T-M-I, T-M-T, T-B-E. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. This is, uh, it's been crazy. The reality is beginning to set in as we approach the May 2nd date. The day that we thought would never come, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, May 2nd from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's still a little hard to believe. Yeah, I think this will be the longest week of my life waiting for this Saturday. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, in the meantime... We got about two hours blocked off here on the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast to bring you Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview live. Be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com for all the archived episodes of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast and new programming of the Tale of the Tape hosted by myself, Kenny Keith, who you can follow on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. and my co-host Vince Cummings. Follow him at Vince Cummings eighty. One. All right, brother. So the stage is set. The anticipation is only six days more as we count down. We had some fights last night on HBO, which we will get to as Klitschko defended the undisputed heavyweight championship against Bryant Bye Bye Jennings. And we will get to that. But first, we promised you a preview show, so we will bring it. May 2nd, Mayweather, Pacquiao. They will vie for the ring WBC, WBA. And WBO 147 pound welterweight championship, and of course, the pound for pound crown as the pound for pound king Floyd Mayweather looks to protect the O against his biggest foe. <laughs> oh, you like that, don't you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you just thought that that uh, that opening theme song wrapped. You thought that's all I had in my bag, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get this thing started, man. So it was a long time ago, basically around 2009, mm-hmm. when Pacquiao had the year of years, right? Yep. When he knocked out Miguel Cotto and Ricky Hatton in the same year. Yeah, at, at that point in time, he firmly cemented himself as, you know, with the retired Floyd Mayweather, everybody wanted to throw him up atop the list. Well, guess who decides to come back once, once Pacquiao makes his jump and, and becomes a, a superstar? Well, Mr. Mr. Mayweather pokes his head back in the game, and he says, hey, 
Everybody don't forget I'm number one pound for pound. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize there was a story behind that. Yeah. And the story being was that there was a guy that had basically pitched to Floyd saying that if you give me $15 million, I can turn it into a lot more than that. Um, and Floyd gave him the money and the guy disappeared and Floyd was broke. Yep. And that's why he came back. And yep. That along with the fact that, um, you know, he had announced this comeback. And when he announced it, you know, just like you see in the video clips, especially um, the one with Brian Kenny, the famous clip where he says the uh, pound, the, the new pound for pound. Oh, no, he said former pound for pound King Floyd Mayweather. And he's oh, I say, what? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, right. Former pound for pound. How could be former pound for pound when I ain't never lost? <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't fought in 21 months. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Time goes on. We had we had to assume right. that you were never coming back. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. You got to love, love some Floyd. All right. So it was refusal to submit to certain things in the drug testing, right? Yep. There were lawsuits involved and defamation suits where Pacquiao's camp sued Mayweather and company for accusing without basis um, that Pacquiao was on the juice. And there was a settlement, and Mayweather paid Pacquiao, and on and on and on, back and forth, blame game, blame game, blame yep. game. But there was so much animosity that had been built up, leading to a fortuitous moment in a restaurant where a waiter who knew, uh, who had ties to Freddie Roach, was waiting on one less moon vest of CBS. And um, from that point on, that brings us to now, here, April 26, 2015, six days away from Mayweather versus Pacquiao, which takes place May 2nd at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Let's talk about this promotion a little bit. What do you think so far, Vin, about the entire promotion leading up to this point? Are you, are you happy with it? Are you disappointed? Are you, is it leaving you wanting? Like, What's your overall perspective on the promotion six days out? I, I would say, you know, for the most part, the, there's been very minimal promotion for this fight. And I, I really don't think that they necessarily needed to seriously promote the fight. This this fight sells itself. Everybody knows these two fighters, even casual fans are aware. Everybody's been waiting for this for six years. It's been building up. I, I feel like, you know, we've been led down the yellow brick road on the, on the way to this fight. And, uh, you know... We, we may actually get our wish granted, and, and, and we actually are now. And it's, you know, I, one thing I wish they, they would have done in this fight was, you know, the, the, the lead-in shows were good and all that stuff, but you didn't really see much in the way of, of ads. And you would think that they'd be trying to, to reach out to as many people as possible because with the price tag of this fight, they're going to have to sell a lot of pay-per-views to make some money. I mean, that's the bottom line here. Yeah, you know what? We, we've heard a lot of, of, of boxing writers and pundits and even people associated with both camps repeatedly saying that the last six years has been the promotion for this fight. Right. Right? So we all saw it coming um, in one way, shape, or form, right? So it was on the horizon. The talk never really went away, no matter how much it frustrated all of us. And sure enough, I mean, you know, they make the fight. And then I think it was a little bit of negligence. Um, and a little bit of a, you know, uh, misassumption, you know, look, here's the thing we, we, we've gathered through this entire promotion that Floyd's ego and his arrogance has really basically been the, the premise for this entire thing yep. that he believes in every aspect of this promotion, every single facet of it, that him being who he is, is enough that it adds 
commercials, that it adds more juice, that it adds more people and more buzz, because if I'm involved in it, then it's just going to be the greatest thing ever because I'm the greatest thing ever. Right, right. Put my name on the poster and they will show. You know, it's funny, man. Like, um, on, on, the, uh, on the inside Mayweather Pacquiao, the Showtime side of this thing, which has been just – it's basically been um, a fluffing of Floyd, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yep. it's been um, – whereas the HBO one, it's definitely been more Manny, but it's, it's focused on the fight. And it's, right. fo- it's focused on how the, the fight was made because, you know, it's called At Last. So it's about Mayweather Pacquiao. Whereas inside Mayweather Pacquiao is really, we're going to try to make Floyd look as good as possible and really try to, you know, rub his back and make his ego. To, it's, a, it's a reassurance. It's four episodes of reassurance. Mm-hmm. So Floyd knows that we think he's the greatest. I mean, and it was so evident when Barry Pepper, the narrator of the Showtime uh, side of this, the narrator of Inside Mayweather Pacquiao, um, in his opening uh, narration and monologue, you know, so dramatic, right? He says, you have the A side and the B. And it shows, you know, and when he says the A side, it shows Mayweather and the B. As if it's this foregone conclusion. It's like, yeah, you know what? That is 100% factual. Where, look, we all know that the whole A side, B side thing is a Floyd ego thing. Oh, yeah. Because everybody that has, you know, a, a, a gerbil on a wheel spinning between their ears knows that both of them are boxing's A-sides. Yeah. So if you were to take... They're, they're in the same realm, but Floyd has been in this battle for the last six years leading up to this fight in trying to convince everybody that he is a... Like, that's been his priority. Right. His priority hasn't been making, like, you know, in, like intelligent arguments as to why he'll win the fight or picking apart why Pacquiao will lose the fight. Right. Mm -hmm. It's all been about trying to make sure that everybody knows at every second of their day when they're waking up, when they're taking a dump, when they're eating cereal, when they're going to bed, when they're making love to their significant other, that they know that Floyd is the A side. Yeah. You know, I I can't stand this whole A side, B side crap that started. For whatever reason, the last two years of boxing, that term has been used and abused, and I'm just tired of it. I mean, yes, we all know that there really is only two true A-side fighters that exist in the world that can dictate terms whenever they come to the table, and it's these two guys. I'm not going to sit here and and let Floyd Mayweather, you know, tell me that Pacquiao is a B-side. There's no chance that this guy's a B-side in any fight. He's an A or an A-1 with you, my friend. I mean, you cannot downplay what this guy has done in his career. The fan base that he has built, which I would venture to say worldwide is – Ten times bigger than than Mayweather's. Oh, absolutely! You, you, know, uh, you just look. Mayweather's going to do that. You either buy into it or you don't. We we see through it. You know, most people should at this point, if by watching all this promotional stuff leading into it, they should be able to figure it out for themselves too. This guy is just protecting his ego. Unfortunately, we're left having to remind people a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, it's it's casually tuning in once a month and reading a headline you know yeah. it isn't exactly the full story it never has been with these two no you know it 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 never has been okay so we talked about the ticket situation on previous episodes okay they finally got it ironed out they went on sale and they were gone in 60 seconds um it was hard to sell 500 tickets in 60 seconds 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, what's funny is I think, I think Matisse Provodnikov, you know, sold 2000 tickets in, in, uh, you know, in less than five minutes. So Why, yeah. What were people making a big deal out of that for man? 500 tickets in 60 seconds. A minor league baseball team does that. Yeah, dude. It, well, and, and and on top of it, it's like you didn't stand a chance of getting one. And and let's be honest, man. Have you have you seen anybody in social media or on television that has actually like shown proof that they got a ticket? <laughs> are, or are they just telling us that that they that they actually made some available to the public? Because until I see somebody with an actual ticket, right? I don't I don't believe that that they were made available to the public. I, you know what? You're probably right, man. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear! Um, they got things worked out with the MGM Grand, um, and uh, Bob look, is not too happy. No, and he shouldn't be. And you know, Bob, he, he, you know, dude, he's he's as cranky as they come. You know, he's had to swallow his pride sure. for what, this whole this whole negotiation. Sure, and and I'm sure that has a lot to do with every time he speaks up, just to be a contrarian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's him just whining a bit. You know. Yep. Swallowing his pride, like you just said, or choking on it. <laughs> One of the two. But here's the thing. You know, I, I'm going to beat this dead horse because I can. You know what I'm saying? This is my microphone. I'll do what I want. Um, and, and, and truth be told, man, is that Mayweather Promotions, you can try to – you can convince your sycophants. You can convince Stephen A. Smith and have him go ahead and pump it for you <laughs> if you want to. The fact remains is, is that Mayweather Promotions did not have the infrastructure to pull off a to, to pull off anything other than a last-minute, scrambled, procrastinated, running behind, chicken with their heads cut off, hair-on-fire promotion that they've put together here because Golden Boy has been managing their promotional their promotions ever since Floyd left top rank. Yeah, all they had to do was show up at the fight before. Now they're in charge of the biggest fight in the world. It's a joke that it, they let this happen. It is a joke. And I, I can see these meetings right now between Leonard Ellerby and the MGM Grand, and Leonard Ellerby is just sitting there like, uh, and he's kind of like, hey, what do I do? Right, you know what I mean? Right. And the MGM Grand's like, um, Leonard, well, uh, you don't know what you're doing, bud? Nah, <laughs> man, I was holding the spit bucket for Floyd two years ago. Right. <laughs> now I'm in charge of the biggest pay-per-view in history. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. All right, let's talk about price, all right? So we all know that these, uh, you know, these hypothetical tickets that are floating, as, as you like to say, they're, they're up there in the cloud somewhere just, yeah. just floating around. <laughs> um, you know, we're... They're going from we've heard anywhere from like ten thousand all the way to one hundred and fifty thousand, right? Yep. Um, but let's talk about something else. And this, I think, it all every everything in this promotion, sort of, you know, it all funnels right back to the fact that Mayweather Promotions and Floyd Floyd's ego has been in charge of this thing, right? Yep. Is the price that it costs for, for places for for restaurant establishments, clubs, um, movie theaters, you know, whatever. Right. Um, they have a price and it's on an escalated scale based off of occupancy and, and, uh, uh, boxes that they're going to be feeding the televisions with this fight. So, you know, I've been to many, right? right? I've been to a lot of UFC, probably more UFC ones. Cause they happen every day. Like they're on UFC 2,142 now, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Um, and they're having another one tomorrow, <laughs> uh, but no, like I, I remember vividly I was at, um, I was at a restaurant in Savannah, Georgia, watching Mayweather versus De La Hoya. And it was packed. There was probably 500 people there. And I think it was like, you know, 5 or $10 cover charge. But that pay-per-view was only 55 bucks right. if you wanted to watch it at home. This one's 100 if you want to watch it at home. And so anyways, bars everywhere. 
were were putting on those fights. Pretty much every boxing pay-per-view up to this point, you could go to a bar and probably pay a $10 cover charge, and you go in and you drink and watch the fight. Some right. of them are in private rooms. But you have told me a story that just, I mean, I'm talking about how many freaking, how many dots can you put on an eye? You know what I'm saying? How many exclamation points can you put at the end of the truth? You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right. Vin has, <laughs> he, he, he's putting the cherry on top of this milkshake. Go for it. So, so here we go, folks. My sister's husband works for Green Turtle. It's, it's a local establishment bar in the area around here, East Coast mainly. And, uh, you know, he's putting up posters and he's getting geared up to, to advertise this fight at his restaurant. So he gets the advertisement before they've even set the price of this. Oh, yeah. They send him a whole box out of posters and, and all kinds of stuff. That's smart. Just assuming they're going to buy it. Right. Uh, of course. Yeah. Whatever the cost. It, so, you know, I get to talking to him yesterday about the fight and he's more of an MMA guy. We start talking about Mayweather Pacquiao and he tells me that they are not ordering this fight for the simple reason that they are being charged 8000 check that $8,000. What? $1 million. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, you can't – there's no way for an establish, establishment like that to make any money off of that. You, he said they would have to charge $25 at the door, and you're going to get a crowd that comes in, is not going to – they're not going to be buying drinks. They're not going to be dry, buying food. They're going to they're going to sit down, order waters, and watch the fight. And that that establishment is going to take it in the ass for ordering that. Why, in God's name, would they do that? Are they? Is there? What I'm trying to figure out here is, were they trying to force people to go home and pay the hundred? Was that what they'd rather have you do? I don't know, man. This is just completely, one hundred percent, just the most perplexing thing I've heard about this fight. You would think they want this on everywhere. They want everybody to get a chance to watch it no matter what. No, they don't care about it. No. It's for the fans, man. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot. Yeah, it's, it's for the fans. I forgot. Yeah. Come on, man. Jeez. Yeah. They had a Jedi mind trick you again? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's not for the fans, okay? Mm -mm. This is not for the fans at all. This is for the bottom line. We saw an interview with Stephen A. Smith when he was gawking over Floyd Mayweather's possessions. Oh, yeah, cribs. Just, yeah, just like all the other sycophants of, of Floyd's. People that, that, that don't want to go out and earn their own living, so they'll sit there and drool and jerk off to what Floyd has. Yeah. Um, so, so Stephen A's sitting there, um, you know, uh, lips puckered up, and Floyd sits there, and he says, he says, <laughs> whether you like me or whether you hate me, <laughs> you pay to watch me fight, and I put it in my pocket. He just that is so friggin' arrogant, man. Just straight up said it straight to our face. Like he, I mean, to me, all I see is lips moving, and when his lips are moving, all I hear is "I am robbing you blind." If you got a chance and he was around you, you think you'd just kick him in the balls as hard as you could? This, this, <sighs> this guy is the worst, man. I'd I'd probably just walk right past him. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah. probably would, or like get behind him and, and and kneel over, and then you come up from the front and push him, and he flip, oh, yeah. and he flips over top of him. That's what I'm talking about right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we don't need to bash Mayweather too too much more, but um. No, and we're not bashing them. This is all the truth. Right. But, you know, they're going to try to paint this in this in this half-assed promotion as being like this is a foregone conclusion. Like we're the idiot public, and we're just going to hand over, you know, our money when – look, I have no problem paying the top dollar. You could probably charge me $200 for this fight, 
if I got something out of it. Right. You know what I mean? But they're not only are they making it like it's impossible to go see it. It's tickets for a closed circuit so, selling out. They're charging to get into the, the weigh-in. Like, they've made this thing a, a, just a huge cash grab. Yep. They're robbing, they're robbing everybody in broad daylight. Yep. You know, and that's why it becomes really difficult. And I know we do this show. We have to watch the fight, right? Right. But it makes it difficult to do it. You know, I'm hearing a lot of people saying, like, I talked to my dad. I've talked to friends. And they're, they're just flat out saying, no, I'm not, I'm not watching the fight. You know, I had somebody, I played golf yesterday um, with a friend of ours. And I asked him, I was like, so are you going you gonna to order the fight? And he was like, no, I'll probably just go watch it somewhere. And I, you had just told me that story about the Green Turtle right. and about your brother-in-law. And I said, dude, you might want to call around to see if anybody's actually buying this fight. Right. And then I, I, you know, I went ahead and told him that story. And he was like, yeah, that, I'm definitely not going out. And I'm definitely not buying it now. Right. You know, dude, it's, it's just they've made this thing so, so inaccessible. And here's the thing, too. Forbes magazine, who, you know, Forbes does a pretty good job. And they're the same people that, that put Floyd on the top of the list as the highest paid athlete in the world. And these are the same people that have put out a publication, you know, basically just saying straight up Mayweather versus Pacquiao. This is the, the title of an article that came out this morning in the sports money section of Forbes magazine. Hmm. And it says Mayweather versus Pacquiao pay-per-view should fall short of expectations. That, that's, you know, I, I think they're getting a little ahead of themselves with, with the, the dollar signs they're throwing on this thing, in my opinion. Okay. So before we get to the actual fight itself, let's get into some preview. Uh, I mean, a little bit of prediction right now over under, okay. Over under 3 million pay-per-view buys. I think they're going to tell you one way or another that there was 3 million pay-per-view buys because that's what everybody inside the business expects. I, I'm thinking it's going to be more right around 2.5 million, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I mean, you know, maybe we're going to get just a straight-up guerrilla marketing right? You know, for this last week. I mean, it's going to be plastered on ESPN all week. It's going to be in the mainstream. This week is going to be – you're going to hear nonstop about it. And this is honestly, Ben, let, let's be – all all the you know kind of piss poor lazy promotion aside mm -hmm. in reality when you're deciding whether or not or you're on the fringe whether or not you're going to be buying this pay-per-view truth be told you're going to be swayed one way or the other during the week of the fight most people live paycheck to paycheck right they're gonna have to check their their checking accounts or you know you know what i'm saying yep. clear, clear some space on their credit cards to make sure you know on friday or even saturday morning if they're going to be buying this fight anyways yep you know so maybe they're just going to bum rush us with everything. And I'm sure they will sway, sway a lot of people in the direction of buying the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're going to get a lot of people that are, you know, there's going to be big things of you know, Mayweather-Pacquiao parties everywhere, I'm sure, that people will be throwing. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. I, you know, yeah, either way, either way, I'm going to let them rob me. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're getting me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, man. So there's a little bit about the promotion. That's where we stand today, six days out from mayweather Versus Pacquiao, May 2nd, 2015, MGM Grand Garden Arena on Showtime and HBO pay-per-view. Pony up 100 bucks, as Floyd would say. Pony up $100. Um, let's go ahead and start digging away at this fight. But before we do, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to this Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview live special here on TheBoxingRant.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. and at Vince Cummings 81. And be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com for all the archived episodes of the Tale of the Tape Boxing. 
podcast. And uh, after we're done with this in-depth Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview special, we'll do a little rundown and review, recap, reaction of last night's Klitschko versus Jennings heavyweight championship fight. All right, man, let's get right to it. Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview live here on the Tale of the Tape boxing podcast. So we found out on Tuesday of this past week, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has selected referee Kenny Bayless. Are you surprised at all that Bayless got this nod? No, I mean, uh, we don't know for sure, but you would think that they're, you know, this guy has done every Floyd fight that you can possibly remember. (laughs) And his nickname is Kenny, you better not touch Floyd Bayless, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the, um, you know, that's certainly how people in this in this day and age of instant gratification, they remember pretty much only what they did yesterday and can't remember anything else. Right. Um, that's how everybody has their, the impression of Kenny Bayless in their um, memory banks. So he was, there were six referees that were legitimately considered as finalists by the Nevada State Athletic Commission for appointment to this fight, and he was voted 5-0 unanimously. Um, Bayless is going to be paid twenty five grand for this. And basically, both camps were consulted. Okay, They were mm-hmm. given, I guess the original list was like 11 referees. Apparently, there were two referees that top rank was not having. Like, they just said no. It wasn't ever identified or let out into the public who those two ever were. Right. But... Um, Top ranks Bruce Trampler, who was actually at the meeting where this was decided, where the vote happened, um, said that top rank was okay with the three finalists either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and was quoted as saying that we had our fair say. So neither, neither sides had any qualms with the three finalists, and Kenny Bayless was selected. So believe it or not, Bayless has only done five Mayweather fights. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. And it, it does seem like he's done them all because he's of done the last couple, right? Yeah. Um, he did. Well, he's been in some in like the most notable. Right. And the most recent. So he did the 1996 professional debut of Floyd Mayweather when uh, when Floyd fought against Roberto Apodaca. If you remember that fight when he dropped him with that just that vicious body shot, mm-hmm. had a body shot knockout for his debut. I think it, I think it was on ESPN. Yeah, and I think it was in the parking lot. Uh, I can't remember which casino off the top of my head, but it was outside in the front parking lot. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but there was huge buzz around it, though. Talk about coming a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but even still, I remember uh, I was I was kind of looking back at the clips of it, and um, it was a decent sized crowd and. Uh, it was anticipated because of Floyd's, you know, pretty clear uh, snub in the Olympics. Yeah, everybody knew that. You know, he probably, uh, he most definitely, should have won gold. Was was completely robbed when the referee raised Mayweather's hand, but the but the announcer announced that the other guy had won, and uh, a lot of people quit their jobs after that. A lot yeah. of people resigned after that. But anyways, they knew Floyd was coming on the horizon, so. Kenny Bayless also refereed Oscar De La Hoya in 2007, Floyd's fight against Shane Mosley in 2010, the Canelo fight in 2013, and this past September 2014 in Mayhem, mm-hmm. Mayweather Maidana 2. He's also done seven Pacquiao fights. Yeah, I, look, he's bottom line is Kenny Bayless is, is about as solid as they come as, as a referee in boxing. There's, 
There's a couple guys out there that you can put on the same stratosphere as him. But he normally, for the most part, I mean, he, he likes to stay out of the way and let the fight happen. He's not a guy that interjects himself too much into the fight. I mean, you know, I, I, you heard me say earlier, he's the, he's the Mayweather protector. Well, I mean, people, people view him that way. Right. That's just how he's viewed it. Really, if you go back and, and break down those fights and watch them from start to finish, it's not that egregious that he's protecting Mayweather. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, there's also been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people have been making memes of pictures of Bayless, like with right. his eyes wide open, standing in front, like basically with his arms out. And, you know, and then the caption says, don't touch Floyd, leave him alone. Right. You know, which is all pretty funny. Um, but uh, so the seven Pacquiao fights that he's done, Vin, 2006, Pacquiao Morales, two, uh, Pacquiao Marquez, two in 2008. The Ricky Hatton fight in uh, in 2009 and the Cotto fight in 2009. So part of two um, uh, very, very notable, uh, notable fights. He did the Mosley fight in 2011. And, and, and the thing about the Mosley fight that was really interesting to me, and we'll get into this when we, when we talk about common opponents, but as it pertains to Kenny Bayless, Vin, the thing that really um, is memorable to me about that fight was, do you remember how Pacquiao and Mosley kept banging heads like the entire fight yep. they were and, and like it looked like mosley was getting getting like a mild concussion after every single headbutt and and you know it wasn't phasing pacquiao at all but that's my memorable thing about bayless he spent the entire fight telling them to watch their heads right just banging heads the entire fight so 2012 pacquiao marquez four we know how that ended um and the most recent fight that kenny bayless did was the rematch against timothy bradley so look there's been this common theme leading up to this fight that everybody's just assuming that Floyd is going to try to manipulate everything that he can in his favor. Right. Because in, 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 in a lot of regards, that has been, that's been Floyd's M.O. And, and pretty much since he started fighting at the MGM Grand full-time, right? Yep. I don't know where I stand on it, okay? I, I think there's just going to be... I think the pressure and the size of this event, regardless, regardless of what people think... And I, I like a good conspiracy theory just like the rest of us, right? But I think the pressure of this moment is really going to keep Bayless in check, don't you think? Yeah, I, I would think so, too. I think he knows that the the last thing he wants is people talking about what Kenny Bayless did during that fight to make something happen or change the outcome one way or the other. He's going to stay out of it as much as possible. The guy's been around. He's been in the biggest fights that have been made over the last decade he knows what to do in this situation. I think that's why they yeah. trusted him with this job. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it whatsoever. Um, all right. Well, so there you go. Kenny Bayless is the referee. Let's get to these judges, man. Some famous names in the judging world, right? Yeah. Burt Clements um, and Dave Moretti of Las Vegas and Glenn Feldman of Connecticut. So the judges will all earn $20,000 apiece for this fight. They, the NSAC uh, said... Over and over and over again, and I quote, we looked at a litany of judges from around the world, and we narrowed it down, okay? Dave Moretti. Moretti has worked five Pacquiao fights, right? And he's worked eight Mayweather fights. Mm -hmm. um, most notably out of the Pacquiao fights that Moretti has worked was Pacquiao's 2005 loss against Eric Morales in their first meeting. He scored the fight 115-113 in favor of the Mexican legend. Yeah. I think I think all three cards were that score in that fight. Um, I think one one was 
you might be right. You might be right. either way. They were all very, very yeah. close yep. in that fight. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, and actually, I have it right here, just to cross the T's and to dot the um, the I's. We go to Eric Morales, number one, and you are spot on, my friend. Winner, Vince wins. That's right. That is right. Oh man, speaking of being corrected and finding out the right information. Jim Lampley last night in that damn broadcast, man. Yeah. He was in he was on another planet, man. I think he's still wiping away tears from all the Pacquiao Mayweather interviews he's been doing, dude. Yeah. I, I, Roy that, Jones was just correcting everything. Yeah, that was bad. When Roy's correcting you, you got problems. Yeah, absolutely. All right, back on track. So um and then of course Moretti did both knockout victories against Eric Morales too and Miguel Cotto. He scored in favor of Pacquiao Against Sugar Shane Mosley, one twenty to one hundred eight. That yeah. was spot on. Yeah, fair score. Spot on. And in um, the two thousand eleven fight against Juan Manuel uh, Marquez, he scored the fight one fifteen one thirteen. Um, majority decision win for one Manny Pacquiao. Um, and then Moretti did eight Mayweather fights, as we said. Two thousand five was the first one against Arturo Gatti in a fight where at the time of the stoppage in the sixth round, he had it scored 60-52 to 52 in favor of Money Mayweather. Uh, if you remember that fight, Buddy McGirt threw in the towel. Yeah, I mean, that was a complete drubbing. It's absolute beatdown. Um, you know, he was, he was a part of one, uh, one Mayweather knockout. That was the Hatton fight. Listen to a couple of these scores. You tell me if the, where, where you stand on these. Okay, the, the Judah fight, 116-112. That's pretty, yeah, pretty good. I th- I'd say that's right on. Okay, 119-108 Marquez. Yeah. Okay, the Mosley fight, 119-109. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably fine. I, he dominated the last 10 rounds of that fight. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. If, you, if, if your memory only remembers the first two rounds of that fight, right. you're probably throwing up your hands right now saying, what? Yeah. That's not even close. Yeah. Um, the Cotto fight, 117-111. Yeah, that fight might have been a little closer, but yeah, that, that's a fair score. Okay, now these three scores right here, all right, these are the ones that I think actually <laughs> – that he got him, I, I think the margins were actually much wider. I thought Floyd actually won way wider decisions, right? Yeah. Was Canelo, Maidana won, and Maidana two. So Canelo fight was 116-112. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that fight was more like 118-110. Yeah, def- I'm with you on that. That was, a, <laughs> that was almost a clean sweep. The Maidana fight won 116-112. Okay, but still, man, a majority decision in that fight, that was bullshit. Yeah, that was complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, and then Mayhem, Maidana two. 116-111. I still, I, I just didn't, Maidana, just because you hit Floyd, it was kind of like that Jennings-Klitschko fight last night. Right. It's like, just because you hit him once or twice doesn't mean you deserve a close decision. Right. Because these scores reflect rounds. Yes. So either way, he got it right. Wide enough decisions that you're not going to bitch too much about it, right? Right. Burt Clements. Burt Clements has only worked one Pacquiao fight. In the controversial split draw, Pacquiao-Marquez won. Mm-hmm. Okay? Clements scored at a draw. 113-113. I mean, he got it right. Let's yeah. be honest. He, yeah. got, he got it right. That fight was a draw. It was the two other judges' scorecards who both scored at 115 to 110. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you could, how you can have that opposite ways is wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least Clements got it right, so that's good on him, right? Yeah. So he did three Mayweather fights, Hatton, Marquez, and Maidana won. Uh, the Marquez fight, spot on, 120-107. Maidana won, 117-111. That was the widest margin out of... All the judges that participated in Maidana won. Mm-hmm. Glenn Feldman from Connecticut, right? A very, very, very famous judge. Yep. Um, Feldman has never judged a Pacquiao fight. Never. 
Wow. So it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, how does he score his style? We have, yeah. we have no idea. We, we have no idea. Um, he did one Mayweather fight. So, I mean, this is kind of – I'm liking who they picked for the judges. Right. I, yeah. really, I really am. Yeah, I think they were, they were unbiased. They were – yeah, they, they got the three very solid judges that, you know, going over the scores you just read off, they're, they're normally within a point or two of being spot on. You know, they're, they're, no doubt. They're, they're the best in the business, and I'm glad they went this route. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and then we got uh, Feldman, most notably, so people can have a little reference point on who the hell this judge is if you haven't heard of him. He most recently actually judged two big fights in the last two weeks. Yeah. He scored 115-113 for Lucas Matisse over Siberian Rocky. Um, and he scored the 113-113 draw in Lee Quillen. Yeah, um, look, those were... I believe the same exact scores I had. I'm, I can't argue with one bit of those score, of those no. scorecards right there. I think they did a really good job here. Yeah, I they do. did. I do. And and again, the pressure's on. Right. The pressure's on. You know I, that. Yeah, that is man. That, that's a tough night, dude. You think twenty grand's enough for that after taxes? That's a pretty hefty payday to just sit on your ass and write down ten, nine, or eight. <laughs> I guess if you look at it like that, yeah. I'm just thinking about what's on the line, but yeah. yeah. I mean, if you put it like, uh, yeah, pay per wage, like, 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 what are you actually doing? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like filling out a bingo card. <laughs> Here's twenty grand, bingo. <laughs> well, it's serious pressure, though, man, because you don't want to be involved in any type of controversy. You don't want to be the judges, the judges' card that gets brought up after this fight. Two, three years later, still people still talking about why Dave Moretti's card was terrible in that fight. Now we shouldn't be judging this fight, but you, you, they don't want that. They they just want their their scores read and their names forgotten. Yes, that is uh, that's one hundred percent true. Uh, no diggity, no doubt. <laughs> no diggity. <laughs> All right, so let's keep this thing trucking. Um, love talking about the little details like that because, let's be honest, most people think Vegas thinks that this thing's going twelve anyway. So these right. these four individuals that we just spent fifteen minutes talking about are the most important four individuals besides the uh, the two buddies that are going to do in the ring. Yep, you're you know? exactly right. All right, let's get into the actual fight. We're beginning to break down the the matchup of Mayweather versus Pacquiao. We're live here on theboxingrant.com. Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Preview live on the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Kenny Keith of theboxingrant.com. Follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. And my co-host, Vince Cummings. Follow him on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81. Common opponents have been an enormously... Important, and in my opinion, Vince, a very, very key component to the dynamics of how one even begins Right to decipher Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Oscar De La Hoya, a common opponent between the two. What are your thoughts on Mayweather and Pacquiao and how they, how they handled their victories? against De La Hoya and kind of maybe even let's talk about where De La Hoya was in these fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that was both of those uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao. This was the launching pad for super, superstardom. Sure. Was, was beating De La Hoya. Now the, the way they did it uh, completely two different fashions. It's, 
you know, I'm not a I'm not the type of person who tends to believe with the split decision win for Mayweather. I, I feel like that was more of a uh, a unanimous decision win. I thought De La Hoya got a lot of credit for some rounds with some kind of ineffective aggression at times that that was scored, and he and he got rounds based on that. Pacquiao just absolutely steamrolled De La Hoya. Yeah. Now, like you said, we don't know where De La Hoya was. We know he has. He has had a myriad of, of problems, alcohol, drugs, you name it. He, he's had issues. Were those issues going on at that time? You don't know. I mean, De La Hoya also sucked down to welterweight to fight Pacquiao. I think it was the first time in three or four years that he had been a long time since he had fought at welterweight. And an aging fighter to, to come down and wait, is, it's not something that's that happens very often. It's, you know, it can sap an old fighter's legs, and I think... We saw in that fight, boy, Dale Hoya just looked like complete garbage. Yeah, and you know what, too? I've been hearing a lot. I, I saw an interview with De La Hoya in, in regards to him coming down in weight. Because at that point, and I think he was pretty much just fighting at junior, middle, and middle. Yeah. And uh, basically, they said that they knew something was wrong physically with Oscar when he actually weighed less than Manny at the official weigh-in. I think he was two pounds lighter. He came in at like 145 for that fight. Yeah, let's see. Jesus. Something I, went wrong, dude. I, I do remember like the lead-ins, the 24-7s for that fight. I remember De La Hoya saying like, you know, I'm running 10 miles every day in the morning and, you know, doing all this extra work. I, I think he did himself in with, with the type of stuff he was doing to, to get back down to that weight. Uh, but you know what? It, it was good for him as far as, or it was good for Pacquiao as far as, look, he... His career was launched with this win. He was a huge underdog. People in the Philippines were tried to petition this fight from even happening. They're they're so scared that this huge he's mo- gonna die. Yeah, the monster De La Hoya is gonna is gonna just eat their man alive. And you know, it, it is just look, De La Hoya will never know for a fact where he was. You know, during both of these fights with Mayweather or Pacquiao. Yeah, but I I, I think it's he's the type of guy that. It, it paints their styles differently just because just because Pacquiao got the TKO and Mayweather, you know, struggled in the 12 rounds to get the decision. I don't think you can necessarily say that that Pacquiao was the better fighter because we don't know about the like we said, we don't know about what happened leading up to that fight with with De La Hoya. Was he half of what he was in his prime? Well, that special last night that was on um, that was on HBO. The uh, the legends speak. Mm-hmm. Um, that part where they were, it was uh, Mosley and De La Hoya sitting together, and you know, and Oscar said during that fight, he said that he just could not pull the trigger on Pacquiao because Pacquiao would hit him with those flurries so fast, and even when Pacquiao was at range, and Mosley said the same exact thing that you know he, he couldn't pull the trigger because he just didn't know at what point to go into a defensive mode because Pacquiao wasn't just hitting him with one punch. So it was almost like they were bracing for a barrage of five or six punches every time. Right, and they're they're so worried about Pacquiao darting in on them because he's so quick. You heard Mosley say, you know, he'd be five feet away from me. I'd say, oh, this guy can't get to me. And then next thing you know, bam, bam, Mosley's on the ground. Yeah. And, and you know, this is the – Pacquiao brings a, a just a, a jumping in style that he comes in so quick – and he comes in at angles, and he comes in with these tremendous flurries. It's a it's a different monster, boy. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's move on to Miguel Cotto. 
these were two different fights. And to be completely honest with you, dude, the the opening five rounds of Pacquiao Cotto was legendary. Oh, it was uh, awesome. Dude, that was it was very much um cut from the same cloth as Matisse and Provodnikov mm-hmm. in that in the opening just barrage trading going back and forth. You could tell that you know, sort of like how Matisse was having more success with volume and Provodnikov would have success with power. Yeah. Um, and I'm using a, a, a recent right. example, so it's, it's fresh in their memories. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Cotto was hitting him with just monster shots. But the problem was for Cotto when he didn't have success with Pacquiao was that body work that he was landing that usually cripples 90% of the opponents that Cotto goes up against. The body work was not affecting Pacquiao at all in that fight. No, it, it wasn't. And, you know, you got to give Cotto a lot of respect. And I think in some ways it worked to his disadvantage. But he came into that fight just with no fear uh, of the monster that had, you know, Pacquiao had become. So, look, Pacquiao in that fight, I remember going into that fight like, you know what, Cotto's going to catch him. And it's going to be, he's going down in this fight. I didn't know if it was going to finish him or not, but look, the fact that he got through that fight and then at the end. But that fight should have been stopped in the 10th. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it should have been stopped. Yeah. And Cotto's family was pleading for them to stop that fight. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> he said no dice. You know what I mean? Cotto's, Cotto's a warrior in that regard, you know? He's, yeah. And he's, and he's been in so many, so many just bloody, bloody battles. But I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Floyd had a little bit of trouble with Cotto. He did. And, you know, I mean, and this is where... You know, styles make fights. We hear all all the time. Blah blah blah. We know how you you know how I feel about that. But I think Cotto is a pretty good barometer between these two. I mean, the fact is, is between Cotto and De La Hoya. Let's be honest. Manny Pacquiao beat the shit out of both of them. Oh yeah. You know, and yes, I don't, I don't want to hear all this catch weight, catch weight, whatever, whatever with right. with Cotto. You know, the fact remains is this: is that at that point in time, Cotto was just coming up to welterweight. So you cannot sit here and tell me yeah. that him having to meet a 145 pound catch weight when he had been weighing in at 140. Uh, come on, man. Yeah, like, it, it was fair at that point. In time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The fact is, too, is that De La Hoya took the damn fight. Yeah. You know, and if he did not manage his weight properly, came in under, and it affected him in any way, fact remains, man, you got to pull the trigger. Yeah. You know, if you can't pull the trigger, you know, at at least Cotto fought back. But for every one power punch that Cotto landed on Pacquiao, Pacquiao landed five on Cotto. Yeah. Do the math. Yep. It's as simple as that. I don't care how good you are. Yep. And that's not taking – I'm a huge Miguel Cotto fan. Yeah. You know, Ricky Hatton. Similar results again. This was at a time though when Pac Man between you know, oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, two thousand ten. I mean, dude, he was destroying the Hall of Famers. Yeah, he was the storm back then. Absolutely, Mayweather knocked out Hatton later in that fight. Uh, but you know what's funny is though is that Hatton speaks very reverentially of Mayweather, and I think reason being is is that he went ten rounds. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So he got basically schooled for that long. Getting knocked out the way he did against Pacquiao, sure, it was probably more embarrassing. Probably hurt his ego a little bit mm-hmm. more. But I'm sure mentally he looks back on that Mayweather fight and just thinks about how he just got schooled. Yeah, the, uh, aggressive fighters against May- against Pacquiao, the, they don't stand much of a chance. I mean, we, we've seen it in two of these matchups that you've talked about. It, coming at Pacquiao is going to do nothing but get you in trouble. He is faster. 
He sees angles better than you do. Yep. His, his punch will get to you quicker than yours does. That That is the absolute wrong approach, and Ricky Hatton found out, I mean, in the worst way possible, and the knockout of the year pretty much, and one of the knockouts of the of the decade almost. Oh, easily, I man. mean, on the button shot that just absolutely lights out. I mean, he was on the mat not moving. It almost resembled uh, Marquez's knockout of Pacquiao a couple years ago. It, was it did. A, it was a huge knockout. Yeah, it most certainly did, uh, for sure, for sure. Shane Mosley, very similar results. Yeah. Mosley didn't have any success against against Pacquiao, though. Nah, I remember that fight being so damn boring. Like, I just wanted that fight to end. Mosley just was doing his best to survive as all he was doing. He just wanted to get through the fight. <laughs> he didn't do a very good job. No. Uh-uh. You heard him in that the Legend Speak show last night. He's like... Uh, I got hit. That, I got knocked down in the, in the second round or third round. I got thinking to myself, "Man, I'm still dizzy. I got ten <laughs> rounds to go." Yeah, 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 dude. Uh, I guess it can be hard to pull the trigger when you know that that's coming. Okay, so then we go to Juan Manuel Marquez, and of course, this is the only common opponent that you ever hear Floyd oh, yeah. bring up in the conversation because of the fact that Pacquiao got sparked by him. You know, once in four fights, which actually delayed this fight another three years. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, yeah, that one him walking into a punch. I mean, you had an electric athlete darting into uh, the perfect shot. It was Sergio versus Paul Williams. It was it was the same exact punch. Yep. You know, and look, Floyd, you know, Floyd isn't as 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 dumb as some people accuse him of being. I mean, the guy is as savvy at manipulating as they come, Floyd knows damn well that that was a lucky punch. Oh, yeah. That, that, you know what fight, I'm that fight was over in the next round if he doesn't do that, in my opinion. Oh, dude, that was out of all four of their fights. Marquez's face was mangled yeah. at the time of that knockout. The, neither, His nose was broken. Yeah, there, was, there was no intentions from either one of those fighters for that fight to go 12 rounds. No. I mean, they both went down early, and it, look, that was an unbelievable fight, man. Yeah, and uh, look, Juan Manuel Marquez was cherry-picked by Floyd when he came out of retirement. Oh, yeah. He, he was a lightweight. He was, I don't even know if he was fighting a light. He may have still been a junior lightweight. He came up two weight classes, and they pumped him full of air and stuck him on a scale. And, yeah, just so Mayweather could go ahead and say, look what I did to the guy who, who, who in most people's opinion, has beaten Manny Pacquiao two or three times. Yeah, but didn't Floyd didn't even make weight in the fight. He, no, came, he, he came in heavy. Yeah, he came in two pounds heavy. Yeah, and they still went, went with the fight because Marquez was getting the biggest paycheck of his career. Right. He, yeah, Marquez didn't care at that point. No, no, but shit, man, he got destroyed in that fight. That was embarrassing for Marquez. Yeah, it was a matchup of similar counter-punching styles where the better athlete just dominated. It was uh, Danny Garcia versus Rod Salka minus a knockout. Right. You're, you're exactly right. He should have knocked him out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the scorecards definitely uh, definitely tell the story. So how much, in your opinion, Vin, do you draw, do you pull from these common opponents? How much has it influenced you in trying to break down this fight? I mean, do you use some of it? Do you use all of it? Does it? Is it irrelevant to you? What do you have to say about that? I would say I, I look at that and use very little of it in my prediction for okay. this fight because look there's different styles between the two guys we're talking about and different styles in the opponents they all play out in different ways it doesn't generally say that this guy's better than this guy it, it, it's just kind of a 
rough barometer, I guess you could say. And that's, I wouldn't, you know, some people take it all the way. And some people say, well, look at this. And if you look at the common opponents besides Marquez, you would have to say Pacquiao is going to win this fight because he's handled all the common opponents in, in an easier fashion. Yeah. But I, I just I don't think you can you can fully take a hundred percent of that and, and run with it. It just it doesn't work in my opinion. No, and look, I think even more more uh, to your point here is is that it's just all this was too long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, yep. look, I know the the Marquez fight was most recent, but these fights happened such a long time ago when the fighters were so different. So much has happened in their lives and then physically where they are now. I mean, look. I will say this: Mayweather certainly resembles himself better, you know, over time right. than Pacquiao has. Pacquiao's actually, if anything, become a better boxer. Yeah, Mayweather's know? consistency throughout his career. Sure, and maybe he's gotten more defensive since the De La Hoya fight. But even yeah. then, yeah, even then, my number one sticking memory of the De La Hoya fight was is minus body work that De La Hoya was able to land. He could not touch his face. No, no, he had him up against the ropes, and I just remember the slow mo in between rounds recapping, and I'm like. He's not, he's not even whiffing. Every single one of these is missing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a talking point. It certainly took up enough time on our show, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it just fills the air for us. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Everybody knows the fighters that they fought. And their common opponents, I mean, you know, let's be real. I'm not so sure about Hatton, but uh, um, one of them is in the Hall of Fame. And uh, you can pretty much bank it that Cotto and Marquez and and probably Mosley are on their way, too. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yep. all right, let's get into some strengths and weaknesses of the fighters. Let's talk about the fighters specifically. And, then I want you to start with Floyd, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, in your opinion, what does Floyd do best, okay? Mm-hmm. And how is he going to have to utilize and deploy that against Pacquiao? How are his strengths going to help him in this fight? I think what Floyd does best is the ability to make adjustments in a fight to go ahead and not accept what his opponent brings him in the first three or four rounds, but kind of just do minimal work on his side and, and just let the other fighter do their thing. So yeah. he can see exactly the, the moment and the angle and, and the distance that he's going to need to start throwing counter punches. That, that is by far his, his greatest strength. Now in this fight, He's going to have to be, in my opinion, look, he's going to get sucked into a little bit of a brawl or tried to sucked into a, into a fight early in this, in this fight. I, in my opinion, he better be cool with that and, you know, just do what you do best, which is let him go make your adjustments and, and do your thing because you're, you're the smarter fighter in the ring. I, I think that's a, a safe statement to make. No, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Um, so do you think that the shoulder roll, the turtle shell defense, uh, coupled with the um, the ring IQ of Floyd are his biggest advantages in this fight? Would you say that? Yeah. You know, I think the straight punches of Pacquiao with that with that shoulder roll D, he, they're going to have a harder time connecting. They're going to kind of deflect off those shoulders. We saw how Maidana had success, which was coming over the top and around. The, you know, you're going to have to find different ways to get to him. I, I think a straight punch is, is pretty easily avoided. By Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Um, weakness, what do you see in Floyd? Is there any glaring glaring hole in, uh, in, in Floyd Money Mayweather that you see that Manny Pacquiao can exploit? The, the inactivity 
could could hurt him. If he's going to try to fight a fight where, you know, he thinks he's going to land three or four pot shot right hands around and, and avoid every punch that's thrown at him, that, that's not going to happen. Uh, Pacquiao's going to be too busy. So, yeah, he's going to look. It's not necessarily saying that he has a weakness. That's not really a weakness. It's That's just the way he fights, and it's worked for him. So wh- how the hell can you question it? He's going to have to in this fight. It, there's 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 no way that this week the what the weakness that I'm talking is or that I'm talking about is going to bring any trouble towards him in my opinion. Floyd knows what he's doing beyond everybody in the ring and it's it's at just a different you know a different level of thinking while the fight's going on. Yeah. Let's jump right into Manny real quick and then we can actually really start to um weave this web between the two of them, mm-hmm. right? Uh with Manny for me it's it's his ability to throw his his straight left, okay, mm-hmm. from different angles, ducking under, counterpunching from, you know, most of the time uh, Pacquiao is in the ring with an orthodox fighter anyway. So this right. isn't going to be new to him, mm-hmm. you know, whatsoever. And, you know, if you really think about it, um, that straight left and the right cross of Pacquiao or, or that little right hook that he throws. Mm -hmm. If he's able to change levels against Mayweather, I think we'll have success. You know, Pacquiao actually pointed out something that he believes, and it's something that I've noticed in watching film on Floyd Mayweather over and over again, is that when Floyd shoots that straight, right. Okay. He does not have a guard up at all. No, He's wide open. He's wide open. His face is completely exposed. You know, I did a little special on deciphering Floyd Mayweather. And one of the points that I talked about, was how there's this preconceived notion that Mayweather struggles with southpaws. And it's something that I completely disagree with. Yeah. I don't think he struggles with southpaws. I just think he gets hit more by southpaws. And it's because of when he goes into that turtle shell defense, the only thing that is left open is his chin being susceptible to a, to the left hand of a southpaw. So being that that's uh, Pacquiao is his biggest strength if Floyd decides at some point, and typically he doesn't deploy the turtle shell defense until he's figured out his opponent's tendencies in the first four rounds, then he'll close out the last eight rounds in the shoulder roll. Mm -hmm. If he goes to the shoulder roll, I think he becomes vulnerable. You think so? I think he becomes completely vulnerable. You you cannot, this is not Marcos Maidana who's going to be plotting forward. This isn't Cotto who's going to be plotting forward. You know what I'm saying? This is a a Southpaw fighter who is going to be bouncing all over the place and is going to try to exploit those windows. And I'm telling you right now, if Pacquiao can deploy his feints, which is a, I put that in the strength category for Pacquiao, Mm -hmm. right? It's gotten him knocked out once, right? But at the same time, it is a strength. If he can feint in much the same fashion that Kovalev was able to feint against Bernard Hopkins, where he actually stutters the feint and does not even come in, does not even try to launch any offense off of it. Because typically he'll feint, right? Mm -hmm. He'll feint, come back, let the other fighter bite, and then he'll attack, right? right? Where, I think he can be successful with the fainting against Mayweather is faint and retract, stay back and let Floyd think that's the moment to come with the straight right and then pick him off with the left hook. I mean, I think there's going to be moments in this fight where Mayweather is going to leave himself open because he launches that straight punch, okay? Sometimes he's low. Sometimes he's seemingly off balance. Sometimes he lunges with it. Yeah. Much in the same fashion that Manny does. Maybe it's because Manny's so much shorter 
than his opponents, it looks more dramatic because right. it's more of a lunge. Right. You know, it's more of a jump and a leap. Floyd's going to have to box Manny. Mm-hmm. I think Floyd is going to have to move and box. I don't think he can stand still and shoulder roll flat-footed with Manny Pacquiao. No. He, no. he, he will get hurt if he does that. Yeah, he's gonna ha- we're going to find out about Floyd's legs in this fight because he's going to have to fight on the move, and it's going to be more than he's been on the move ever in his career against a fighter that's probably faster than any fighter he's fought in his career. Sure, sure. And in the same, the same regard, the biggest, the biggest downfall to Manny is, is that he is, he is the quintessential fighter that takes punishment to dish punishment out. Right. We will get to see in this fight where is... Floyd Mayweather's power. Are these ridiculous rumors? I shouldn't say ridiculous because I don't know if they're true or not. Are these almost undeniably exaggerated rumors? Are they, is there any shred of truth to the fact that Mayweather supposedly been knocking every single sparring partner out that all of a sudden his power has returned? I don't think so because here's the thing. Floyd doesn't like to get hit, right? Yeah. He doesn't like to get hit, but to the weakness of Manny Pacquiao is that he is going to have to realize, and I'm sure him and Roach have been talking about this for five years, mm-hmm. he cannot walk into punches with Mayweather. He has got to box the most intelligent fight of his life, and I think he has to try to do the opposite of what Mayweather is going to try to anticipate. And that leads me to one more point, Ben. It seems there's very, very much strategy being deployed here. There's, oh, yeah. a, there, there's a ton when it comes to the Pacquiao side because you're hearing them talk about it. When anybody asks Floyd any questions about how he's going to fight Manny Pacquiao, he brushes it off as a foregone conclusion right. that he's just going to win, that Pacquiao's just another opponent. Do you think when nobody's around and he can like you know lock his ego in a, in, a, in a dark room with a film projector, do you think he's sitting there watching film on Pacquiao? Nope. I don't, I don't think so, no. I think that that could, his assumptions from the promotion to the opening bell of this fight to if he makes assumptions that Manny Pacquiao is going to be the same, at, or, or no, that, well, yes, 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 but that Manny Pacquiao is going to be in this place at this time, that he is going to do this punch right. at this moment because that's what I heard right. or that's what I think he's going to. No, you, there's, you, cannot, you cannot assume anything with Pacquiao. No, no, that would be a huge mistake. That's his attitude right now. It, it, it appears that way, and you know that's, that's the arrogance of Floyd. He may be battling in his own mind with the fact that this is the first time I've been scared going into a fight. You think he's battling with that? Huh? No, I'm saying he could be. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think he is. I think he I just, it's just another fight, and, and we disagree about that. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he's his arrogance reaches astronomical levels that he doesn't losing is not in his vocabulary. He doesn't think it's even possible. That's he is the greatest thing since sliced bread in the world of boxing, and there ain't nobody that can touch him. Well. He's going to get touched in this oh, fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's, I don't think there's, there's, there's no. any way around that. No. I think what this boils down to is, is the hunger level, too. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about strategy and what both fighters do well. Um, I think in many ways, they are both equipped to give each other huge problems. Yeah. Mayweather's accuracy and his counterpunching and his hand speed, right? Right. 
Pacquiao's punches and bunches, his power, and his angles, yep. right? And the fact that he's going to be punching from a southpaw stance. Right. Okay, these are the things that give Pacquiao advantages on the scorecard. This is why, to me, the notion or the commentary that comes from, you know, bias, like super biased pundits, we're biased in our own ways. I'll, I, I will uh, clearly clearly admit that, mm-hmm. um, whereas others will not because they think they know everything. Paulie Malinaji thinks that this is going to be lopsided, dominant, but in the same breath says that Manny Pacquiao doesn't even fight from angles. So obviously the guy's not thinking clearly yeah. whatsoever. He's purely thinking in, in emotional terms. Um, and, you know, the fact is, is that everything we've touched on, what the fighters do well, what they don't do well, this is what makes it an even fight on paper to me. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. You know, I tend to agree with Freddie Roach that fighters learn more from losses than they do from not losing and having people tell them that they're perfect. Oh, yeah. That, how can you learn anything? I don't care how many freaking sit-ups you can do. Right. That, that O can come back to haunt you. You get too, you know, complacent with, hey, I just show up, I do my thing, and I win. It's not, I don't have to push myself. Training's cookie-cutter training camps that do, doing the same thing, going through the motions. Yeah, I think we'll see in this fight, you know, whether whether you know, I think we've seen in this fight that Floyd is definitely taking this way seriouser, way more serious than we've seen him in any other fight leading into it. I don't know, man. I, I, it's hard to say. Right. I, you know, I think that there is an enormous threat in this fight at Floyd's age of overtraining. Right. I, I really do. Oh, man. you're definitely right. You know, he's going to have to deal with a physical presence in his face. It's going to be so relentless. You know that Manny does not like clinching, no. right? He does not really even like throwing body shots. He'll throw jabs to the body. But the thing is, is that Pacquiao doesn't use strategies that other, uh, that other fighters use to, to lay on you. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he doesn't like to be held. So... Is Floyd going to be able to, like you, it goes back to the legs. Are Floyd's legs going to be able to sustain the onslaught that Manny brings him? Because that's the sort of pressure he's going to be dealing with here. You know, I mean, whereas if you look at it from, you know, from the other side, I mean, Floyd's, Floyd's, is he going to be able to wear Manny down by making him uncomfortable and clinching him? Because we saw with Kenny Bayless in the Maidana fight, he would not let those two get anywhere close to each other. No. Where in this fight, you know damn well, you know damn well that, that, that Pacquiao's going to be bringing the heat and Floyd's going to try to wrap him up. So oh, yeah. are we going to see, how's he going to handle that? Right. Is that either way, if, he, if he's fair or if he's unfair, if he's biased or if he's not biased in the clinches, it's going to benefit Floyd Either way. Yep. Either way, because he's the only one that clinches. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. So I could see I could see in this fight, I could see Bayless allowing clinching in this fight. And if he does allow it, just like last night in the Klitschko fight, right. that referee had one agenda. One agenda only. And that was to take a weapon out of Klinchko's offense. He removed the weapon from his tool bag, and what you saw was a more vulnerable Vladimir Klitschko. Mm-hmm. So by allowing Floyd to clinch and roughhouse and do his, his mugging with his, with his laces and using that, the forearm where he pushes off his opponent's face and then as he's pushing off, punches him as he's retracting. Right, he basically he stops his opponent from being able to throw a punch on, on a push away, mm-hmm. keeping their arms down, and then he throws a punch. Yeah, it's straight. Andre Ward does the same thing. Yep. 
Um, a lot you know, of the best do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, B Hop does it, and 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 that's just it. Uh, to what level is he is he going to be allowed to have free reign? Because if he's not able to physically stop Pacquiao, because I have seen Pacquiao in fights get frustrated when he's held. Oh yeah, yeah. He does not like to be held at all. The little guy likes to be at range. He likes to make you think that he's so short and his arms are so short that he can't hit you. Mosley talked about that last night. Yeah. About how he didn't even think that Pacquiao was going to be able to hit him from how far away he was from him. Yep. But sure enough, he gets there so fast. And then De La Hoya pointed to how big his damn calves are. Right. And Mosley also said his punches sometimes come from a low angle. So when he's starting to punch, Mm -hmm. you don't see it coming. No, you don't. It's below your field of vision. No, you don't. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and start leaning into the predictions for this fight, okay? To do that, Vin, I would like you to tell me how this fight goes. How does at Vince Cummings 81 on Twitter, how do you see Mayweather versus Pacquiao? How does the fight go? Uh, I, I see a fight that in the first, say, three, four rounds, we're going to get some unbelievable action. I think it's going to be really action-packed quality fight early. Okay. Mayweather's going to be bringing the pressure, and I think or Pacquiao's going to be bringing the pressure, and I think Mayweather's going to stand his ground, and we're going to see a little bit more fight than we've seen in Mayweather. I, I still believe that there's going to be a point in time where Mayweather figures out what distance he has to be at to mm-hmm. make Pacquiao lunge that extra little bit, to make him do a little extra to get in. And when that time comes, you're going to start seeing the counterpunching take over the fight. Uh-huh. I expect to see a fight that from round six, seven on is going to be mostly dominated by check hooks and straight rights. That's, I, I, it, could go, it could go the exact opposite way, and, and May, or Pacquiao could knock him out in the first two rounds. I think if his best chance to win this fight is to get Mayweather out of there as quick as possible. I just don't see... In 12 rounds, Pacquiao being able to, to compete mentally in the ring with Mayweather. I just, I look, okay. So your, your prediction for the fight? My prediction is a, a very close split decision win for, for Floyd Mayweather. For Floyd Mayweather, okay. I think you're right about Mayweather coming out of the gates and it's going to exchange with Manny a little bit, mm-hmm. okay? If he does that, if he comes out of the gates like this and tries to trade with Pacquiao, that is going to be a horrible mistake, okay? Because Manny wants you punching with him. Right. Okay? Manny Manny got knocked out by lunging into a punch, mm-hmm. okay? Manny wasn't throwing offense when that happened, mm-hmm. right? His hands were down by his side, and he got clocked, right? I don't think Mayweather has the power in an exchange, in an exchange, that those two are throwing punches at one another. And I don't think that Floyd has the offensive wherewithal to pair punches together. Mayweather does not throw multi-punch combinations in the, in the same regard as Manny Pacquiao. Mm-mm. I agree with you. Mayweather is going to have to turn this into a distant fight, okay? I don't think that at any point in this fight that Pacquiao is going to relent. No. I, I don't see it happening. So this is where I question on whether or not that Floyd is even going to be able to keep that distance. If Floyd steps into this fight and he is not physically able, 
He's not physically able to keep the distance, to skate the outside of the ring in this fight. If he cannot do that anymore in his career, if he cannot keep off, this is by far the most relentless fighter he has ever been in the ring with. Yep. Okay? If he physically can't do it anymore, and he stands toe-to-toe, and neither of them get knocked out, that right there results in a split decision victory for Manny Pacquiao because it's going to come down to volume. Right. Okay? My prediction for this fight is that Mayweather's accuracy becomes the difference in this fight, Mm -hmm. that he is going to be able to slip the punches of Manny Pacquiao as much as I want my latter breakdown, the way that I unfold the fight as if it goes in the favor of Manny Pacquiao, I still believe that there's too much going against Pacquiao in this fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that Floyd Mayweather wins a split decision and beats Manny Pacquiao. That's that I, I completely agree with you. I think we're going to be dealing with maybe a little bit of controversy. You're going to, there's going to be plenty to talk about after this fight. Cause it's going to be, did they judge Pacquiao's aggression and just volume or did they, did they judge Floyd's accuracy and counter punching and boxing ability? It's, it's, there's going to be plenty, plenty to, to, to decipher after this fight. Look, I, you know, I, I know most people are probably expecting me to just go hard on Manny and say he's going to knock out Floyd. Yeah, you got to take that out of it when, you, when you're doing, you know, in this fight, especially because yeah. there's more bias in this fight. You know, it, it would be the same thing if I was if I was trying you know, to predict, um, you know, I don't know, like Kovalev Stevenson, right. you know, like fights that involve the guys that I really want to see, you know, um, like if I'm if I'm going to if 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 there's ever a fight between Matisse and Crawford, right, I got to take the fact that I want Crawford to win right out of that equation yep. and really start to to factor in all of these things. And I think everybody should definitely try to view it from a technical breakdown perspective. Maybe we're we're off a little bit, man. And maybe there's some people out there that think we're way out in left field with how the the ebbs and the flows of this fight goes. The fact remains is is that I, I'll say it right here. If Floyd, the most shocking result to me in this fight would be if Mayweather stopped Pacquiao. That would be the most yeah. shocking thing to me in this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if Pacquiao won a split decision. And I'll be honest with you, I don't care if he's 47 or no. This is not, he, Pacquiao's so far and away the best opponent that Mayweather's been in the ring with, and, and vice versa. But when it comes to all, offensive fighters, yeah. that I wouldn't be surprised if Pacquiao stopped him. I wouldn't be surprised at all. It, yeah, it definitely would be way less surprising than Mayweather doing it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and that's just it. If Mayweather decisively knocks out Pacquiao, you know what, man? I'll just um, hey, you got to give him a, the due credit at that point. I'll just, time. I'll just, I'll just walk away. Yeah, you know, I'll just walk away and say, all right, you, you got it. So when does Triple G fight now? <laughs> right. Um, all right, I get it. You bad. You bad. Yeah, you bad. You bad. Um, yeah. Well. We're six days away, man. We're I si- know. We're six days away. That preview, that prediction, you know, it could all very well change. There's just so many factors that, that end up playing into it. And I just really hope that the judges and the referees stay out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, and unfortunately for them, they're going to be scrutinized after this fight, I, I think, more than they will ever be in their lives for anything. Oh, man. I think I'll be so interested to see 
like the reactions after the results of this fight. You know, you see so much like the ugliness that rears its head after decisions off of fights that have nowhere near as irrelevant when it's just like the, you know, the, the half a million like boxing cult members that, you know, that overreact to every decision. Then we're part of that too, one way or the other, Yep. you know, now you're going to have people that don't know shit about boxing that are just here saying like, Oh, I like the Asian guy and I like the black guy, Yeah. you know, and they're just going to, you know, whoever they go with, they go with. I think everybody I ask for the most part wants to see Floyd Mayweather lose. I think that's like a consensus. Oh yeah. There are people on Twitter, dude, that are summonsing like, like the freaking lightning bolts from Zeus to try to transfer <laughs> into Pacquiao's gloves. I mean, dude, I've, I've literally been reading prayers on Twitter that say, please, please, God, bless, bless Manny Pacquiao with the malice and the, the power to knock this guy out. I will say this for, for Pacquiao on that statement. I, I hope to God that he takes God out of his – preparation and thinking for this fight because God's not going to help him in that ring. It's going to be Manny Pacquiao and Manny Pacquiao alone. So that he needs to, you know, be sure and be focused on that. Don't be, don't like think this is, this is already played out in the eyes of God. I just Mm -hmm. have to show up and and this is, this is what will happen. I, I really hope he does that. I think that he, I think that Manny thinks that he's fighting for good. I think he's, I think, I think he, he knows the pressure that rests on his shoulders um, for people that, you know, that are kind to others that try to try to do things right and try to live as well as they can. You use their money and power to be a philanthropist and not a dickhead. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, man, I completely disagree with the notion that he needs to leave religion out of it. I, I think that that is, it's not going to be, I don't think that it's going to be a factor um, in a negative way whatsoever. If you're referring to, and a lot of people when they say that, if they're referring to how his religion has made him more forgiving towards his opponents, right? whereas it's taken the edge off him, whereas before he had the killer instinct to just finish people off. Like if you were in the ring with him and he had you hurt, he was going in for the kill. Yeah. If you mean that he needs to remove God from it and he needs to be the the, the unrelenting aggressive, just killer instinct that he needs to put the nice guy away and ask Chris Algieri to let him out of the cage. Right. <laughs> then I agree with you. And in, in that regard, right. Um, but the man believes what he believes. Yeah. And if that's where he draws his power from, I hope he gets, uh, I hope he gets some extra power. Cause I agree, man, nothing would make me happier as a fan. This is not the person that's trying to analyze this fight anymore. This isn't the host of the tale of the tape. This is, me kenny keith i want so badly just to have floyd mayweather i want i just want somebody to put floyd mayweather in a position where he has to answer the questions after a loss i just want to see how he handles it yeah i want to see if he's how chavez handled his loss against von far where it was just the most embarrassing how alvarado handled the loss to rios where it's just excuses 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 or if his pride gets shattered and destroyed to the point where he just acknowledges he'd be better served to if Pacquiao does beat him to you know because you know damn well if Pacquiao loses you know when he lost the decision to in 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 Pacquiao Bradley won he said uh 
Oh, well. Right. He, he knew he won, mm-hmm. you know, but that's how he accepts defeat. We've never seen how, how Floyd accepts defeat in, uh, in the professional ranks. How will Floyd handle it if Pacquiao wins? How do you think Floyd will handle it if I Pacquiao wins? I don't even wins? know if I want to see him accept defeat because I feel like he's going to make a complete ass of himself. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's going to be excuses. I, 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 just, I just feel like he just will handle that in the worst, worst possible way. He will not give any... <laughs> gratitude or any respect to Pacquiao for his performance. He'll spin some BS that you'll just be going, what the hell is this guy talking about? Get the mic out of his face and get out of the ring. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, and you know what? If he loses, honestly and truthfully, if he loses, man, <laughs> I think he's just going to walk out of the ring. He probably will. He's just going to disappear. Yeah. You know? And he's going to bitch about the scorecards in the press conference after the fight or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you remember um, Ali Foreman after that fight? Mm-hmm. Remember? Ali just disappeared. Nobody even saw him leave the ring. Yep. You know? Yep. He just was just like, what, what, where'd George Foreman go? You know? Because <laughs> everybody was just in so much shock that Ali beat him. Yep. We could see the same thing. And I guarantee you right now, if I would even... You know what? And here's the thing. Let's flip the script. I'll be even equally shocked if Floyd... After he beats Manny, if he's gracious and professional and calls him the great, that's where things are headed with this new Floyd persona. Right. Where he, know, where he now is realizing he's transitioning into the business world. Ken, I think we all know it's going to be, if he wins, it's going to be, I told you. I told you. I've been telling you. Y'all stupid. It's going to go along those lines. Well, no, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I do. I do. I, what I'm saying is, is I, I completely agree with you that that's probably the first thing that's going to come out of his mouth. But... He's, he is consciously transitioning himself into the business world. Right. So he's trying to clean up his image. So he's trying to seem like he is the, in, the kind of individual that people are going to want to do business with. That's what he's trying to do right now. He's, yeah. he's, he, he's admitted it. Yeah. He's flat out came out and said that, he, that that is his intention. They keep asking him, is this nice guy routine? Is this for real? Or is this just a ploy? And he flat out said it. He just came out and said, you know what, uh, I'm at the end of my career. I might only have one fight left. You know, I have to start thinking for the future. What does that tell you? <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's still not going to come out and say, I told you so. Right. But he's, I, I don't think he's going to just turn into a total dipshit after he wins the fight. Right. Uh, the emotion will get to you, though, man. That's a big night. Who, who knows what will be said. Which is why I want him to get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't dear, know man. why. I, I don't know why in this fight, but for whatever reason uh, – I'm not a. I'm not. I, I was a huge Mayweather fan earlier in his career, uh-huh. and as his career has gone on, I've just been turned off by the persona and everything that goes along with Mayweather. And I thought by the time this fight came around, that I'd be fully in the camp of Pacquiao to win, and mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I still want Mayweather to win. I don't know why. I feel like maybe. I don't, maybe I. I for six years I've been saying he's going to win, so. I think it's because you think he's a better fighter. Yeah, it could be as simple as that. You know, rewind the clock back to 2009. I didn't give as many fucks as I do now. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, no, I didn't care about much of anything back then. No, you know, it was me, 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 and I do what I want. Right. You know, and so I think that kind of aligns with the philosophy and the mentality of of Floyd Mayweather, because that's kind of how he is. Right. Yeah, true. You know, and then so you couple that with the fact that you admire and recognize his boxing skills, I think, I think you, you have it right there. I think you've been fair and consistent from 
remembering back to the comments and the conversations that we've had in the past when I, where I would ask you about Floyd Mayweather, and I think you've been consistent across the board. You know, yeah. you may not like the guy now, no, but that doesn't mean that you have any less respect, dude. I, I've, I say it all the time. People get so confused by my discontent and just absolute. I just can't stand Floyd Mayweather as a person. I right. mean, I appall, I like he's appalling to me. Yeah, you know. But if you look at anything that I've ever wrote down on a piece of paper, right? Anything, any any article that I've penned about Floyd Mayweather, go to the pound for pound rankings on theboxingrant.com. And it's in plain language how I feel about Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. I hate him as a person, but I think he's the best boxer on the planet. Yep. And you got you to take that stuff out of it when you're, yeah. when you're viewing shit like that. Because that's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. That's why boxers are treated differently than any other athletes. You know, people wonder all the time, like, why, why Floyd Mayweather has been given the get-out-of-jail-free passes when it comes to his domestic violence, right? Right. And the biggest reason is is because when he steps inside of that ring all of that changes you know what i mean like what he's done hasn't changed but your opinion about somebody as a person you're not thinking about that because then it becomes about survival right then it becomes about mano e mano it becomes about mayweather versus his opponent mm-hmm. when he gets out of the ring and then as soon as larry merchant threw, threw the microphone in his face or whoever's going to conduct it this time jim gray i guess is going to do it yeah um you know all then it all comes right back it all comes screaming back about the discontent that you have how much you just cannot stand floyd mayweather whereas in other sports it's constantly being thrown in your face these guys have to live up to a standard mayweather's created his own villainy yep you know he's created this this persona coupled with some real life stuff right yep and you have the ultimate the ultimate you know antagonist i mean of course you know and you have just like in in floyd's per i mean just like in manny's personal life you know he's he's been a womanizer mm-hmm. he's been a heavy drinker yep. you know cigarette smoker party and gambler right yep he's done all that during his career but nobody knew he was Nobody even knew that he was doing this. Right. You know, other than the diehard fan and some journalists, but that wasn't the storyline. His knockouts were so unbelievably devastating. The what he was doing in boxing was unseen since Mike Tyson. Right. And he was just annihilating people, and that was what stuck in your brain. Him cheating on his wife. Him betting on the ponies, right? You know, him boozing it up and just raging, binge drinking with his buddies. Who gives a shit? This dude is a wrecking machine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't take any of that into play. No, not at all. So then now we fast forward six years later. It's 2015. Man, he's a born again Christian, right? I, I personally admire him for that. And a lot of people, Christian or not, religious or not, admire him for being a man of morals and principles, right? Yep. Okay, so that is what we know now about Manny because the physical dominance of his craft, the thing that has made him, his abilities that have knocked motherfuckers out (laughs) and that has paid him and his family, right? Those abilities have, have, have weaned a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people do believe, Brandon Rios said it on this show, okay, that the dog, he d- it doesn't have as much bite, that there's some teeth missing from the mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. And in 2015, we sit here today with Floyd Mayweather. 
I respect your opinion on on Mayweather. I believe every every analysis and opinion you make of him, I agree with you one hundred percent. He has become this amalgamation. He has become this caricature of what he was in 2009, that young, brash, obnoxious, in-your-face, dirty look, head shaking, Mm -hmm. you know, kiss my ass, I'm the man. Right. Right? He has now become a cartoon character of that. Yep. Where everything he says, everything he does, he's got everybody hanging and dangling on his tip. His money is so significant, so significant, he can shift people into doing whatever he wants. He'll ma- he makes people jump. There are boxing websites that are out there that bend over backwards to that he puts the food on their plate. Yep. He butters their bread. There are people, dude, did you see the outside the lines on ESPN? No, I do want to see You that. have got to watch this because the reporter that does this for Outside the Lines basically says, you know what, Dan Raphael, if you want to dangle from the tip of Mayweather and you think you're doing it justice as a boxing journalist because you want access, that's, that was the premise. I knew all the shit. Right. I, I, knew how, I, I knew before it came out exactly how Mayweather was going to react to the questions that he was being pressed on. Right? Floyd makes himself look like a complete moron when he's asked the questions. You know how he responds to it? The questions of, but what about, why do you think, Floyd, that how is it that you don't get suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission for things that you have been convicted of in beating women, from beating your your ex in front of your child, your child who still to this day calls you a coward for doing it? How is it that you haven't been suspended? He, he turns and he looks at the camera and says, Mayweather Pacquiao, May 2nd, by the pay-per-view. What? That's how he answers the questions. You've got to be kidding no, me. No, that's how he answers the questions. What is he, Marshawn Lynch now? Uh, I get, uh, dude, I, you know, but here's the thing is that this is all, this is all completely expected from him. Okay. We know that this is how he's going to answer these things. But my, the problem I have with it is, and, you know, I could care less if this, if, if, if people don't want to hear me keep going on and on and on about this. But the fact remains is, is that he has been able to because people he has held and dangled access yep. over everybody. Yep. That if you want access to the cash cow in this sport, the only way that you are going to gain access to Floyd Mayweather is if you kiss his ass. And I can tell you right now, his access ain't worth a shit. Now, we've all seen it. Come on. We've, we've been through that bit. We know, we know the house. We know the cars, the watches, the, yeah. all that. I don't need to see it anymore. No. I get it. No, it's, it, it, is, it is exactly that. It is 100% um, irrelevant and nonsense. And people like Stephen A. Smith should just be ashamed of themselves, man. Yeah, I, I, that's come on, man. That, that interview and that little segment they did was absolutely just one of the worst ass-kissing performances I've ever seen by an interviewer. Yeah, you know, it was really embarrassing for him, and there was uh, – um, you know, people are trying to do their their diligence here. Floyd is trying to act like none of it is 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 relevant. He's trying to act like none of it means anything. He's trying to basically get to the fight without um, you know, getting in too much uh you know, he's just trying to ignore it. And he thinks once the fight comes everybody's gonna forget it. He is going to take 
um, all the money and run. The article, great article. You can find it on my Twitter page, um, but you can also find it at the source on Deadspin. Again, another great, great article by Iron Mike Gallego. Uh, wrote a, an article, Why is Katie Couric Letting Floyd Mayweather Smear His Victims? Great article. Writes an article, says, What the fuck is wrong with Stephen A. Smith? That's the title of the article on Deadspin.com by Iron Mike Gallego. Goes to these tweets by Stephen A. Smith from back in 2010. Says, let me say this. This is coming after the incident where Floyd um, finds out that his ex is messing around or or talking to uh, the NBA player C.J. Watson. Mm -hmm. And he goes over there. Then the cops ask him to leave. And then he comes back and and beats her up in, in, in front of his son. Yep. Here's how Stephen A. Smith responded to this. He says, I'm hard-pressed to believe Floyd Mayweather Jr. put his hands on a woman, and I damn sure don't believe he committed uh, grand hands on anyone, least of all a woman. Sounds like he may have taken back a woman out of anger, and then um, somebody on Twitter responds to him, pro sports does enough to make us look like pigs without you advising the ladies and suspending judgment on Floyd. Please stop it. Stephen A. Smith responds, to hell with you. Don't evade the reports that this grand larceny charges over a damn iPod. It's not about a woman. The guy was, and then somebody else responds, what's wrong with a, with a good-looking, working woman with goals and aspirations? Guys like Mayweather don't want that type. And Stephen A. Smith responds, please, let's not discount the women out there who want someone like Mayweather strictly for cash. Men, men ain't always wrong. Oh, my God. Right? Dude, this article's great, man. And basically just paints Stephen A. Smith for what he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a fanboy that gets an interview. That's, that's all he is. Yeah, okay. So, so let me read the, uh, the ending of this article by Iron Mike Gallego on Deadspin. According to Smith, the only people who can or should hold Mayweather's history of domestic abuse, misogyny, and being protected by the media against him are women. And since women's opinions clearly have little to do with boxing, it was upsetting to see Smith... To see Smith to Pacquiao inject them into this fight. ESPN howls when the subject of Mayweather coverage comes up. When our Tim Burke wrote a piece the other day asking why the network was acting as the boxer's promotional mouthpiece in a heavily promoted infomercial masquerading as news coverage, ESPNers raged about how Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith doesn't represent them or the network. How unbelievably convenient is that? Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. The former is true. Keith Olbermann. Sarah Spain and Michelle Beadle have all called for boycotts of Mayweather's fights. And they, along with others, like the first-rate journalists at Outside the Line, which we were just speaking about, deserve credit for confronting the fact that Floyd Mayweather is a serial batterer. ESPN, as they like to say, is not a monolith. The fact remains, though, that for years ESPN has downplayed and ignored Floyd Mayweather's history of domestic violence. It's allowed boxing correspondent Dan Raphael to largely pass it over when not treating it as a character-building exercise. It's allowed Stephen A. Smith to smear the victims and promote Mayweather in a special that will be aired on ABC. And we now see that just a couple of days, I mean, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, it allowed him to use its broadcast time to state outright as a defense of the champion that domestic violence is an issue for women. And by implication, women alone, a statement so nakedly indecent that it would get you kicked off most online message boards, let alone network airwaves. Stephen A. Smith is not a journalist. No, no, he's not. He is not a sports fan. 
He is, to all appearances, a shill auditioning for a job with Mayweather, with Mayweather's organization, once ESPN inevitably gives him the boot. That day cannot come soon enough, and until it does, everything he does comes with the approval and imprimatur of the world's most powerful sports broadcaster, and it will taint everything else they do. Hey, at one point in time, Stephen A. Smith was a good reporter. At one point in time, he has come to ESPN and has taken over their narrative, and they've created a character of Stephen A. Smith. And yep. that, all quality reporting and, 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 and interviewing went to the wayside because it was all about just the character of Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Just <laughs> loud. Yeah. <laughs> it is a preponderous, preposterous yeah. piece of propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> That's all became, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, man? Look, this is part of the story. Right. So if people just wanted to tune in to hear about the fight, well, guess what? There's something else that goes along with this. And the fact is, this is how I feel about it. I feel everybody deserves to be forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves a second chance. They deserve third chances. They deserve as many chances as you're willing to give to them, okay? I am a huge proponent of, of this, you know? It is a foundation of what I believe on this very day. The problem is, is that Floyd is unapologetic. Well, yeah, he's, he acts like none of it ever happened. He, that's what he's acting like. This, but this, it is an extension, Vince, like you just said. It's an, it is an extension of the delusion of the fake, false narrative, right, mm-hmm. of his entire life. So whether he's promoting a fight, whether it's in an interview, no matter where you see him, what he says, nothing can be taken out of his mouth as any resemblance or a shroud or a fraction of truth everything surrounding floyd money mayweather as a as a human being is a total 100 percent hoax oh it is uh, you you wonder if at, if at any point in his life are we going to be able to see the real floyd mayweather is, is that ever going to happen no at this point he's gone this far in his life with these characters and just ridiculous behavior you've got to think that it's going to be status quo from here on out. He's in too deep, man. Yeah. He's in too deep. We will have to wait and see. I think a big variable in that, as long as people are giving him money, as long as he has money, it will never stop because his sickness comes from his greed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, uh, the, um, the driving force of the character is the fact that he has so much damn money. He's moving mountains with money. What happens? What will change? I think we will begin to see if the moment ever comes where he loses that money and the way that he's living and the stable of fighters that he has in his 401k fund. Um, I, I hate to say it, man. If the day does come, the facade may crack. Uh, uh, the way he spends money, I do not for a second expect him to make it through his entire life. I don't care how much money he's got in the bank right now. Which is why... A rematch makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yep. How can he just walk away? I mean, you and I, shit, we could take $5 million and make it work. I'll I give me 1.5. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, that, but that's what I mean. So if he makes $180, $200 million off of this fight, the way that he lives is just like me getting a, a $1,000 paycheck. Oh, he's just going to spend more. Yeah. The bet's going to be bigger. The shoe's going to be better. The watch's going to be nicer. Yep. The car going to be more rare. Yep, yep. He's going to have 10 Bugattis. Yeah. You know? 
you, because you can drive all of them at the same time. You know? <laughs> and plus, man, the people he keeps around, like his bodyguards, they're all like 6'6", 450 pounds. They and can't he, even fit. No, they can't even fit in a Bugatti. So what's he going to do with them? Give them to his kids? One of his kids already hates him because he beat up his mom. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we can go on and on and on about it. I mean, everybody knows the story, but it is part of the story, and it's part of this narrative, and it's, it's part of what makes this fight so damn interesting. Yeah. You know, because without these dynamics, if this was just a great boxer versus a great, 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 uh, uh, you know, relentless attacking fighter, you know, the boxer versus the brawler. Right. Um, I don't think it would be as interesting. Man, we've seen that story 5,000 times. Right? Oh, we've seen it since, since they started, ever since they started pointing cameras at boxing rings. Yep. yep. You know, from, from the end, uh, from the beginning of this, uh, this sport. And you know what? This is... I hope everybody fully understands this, you know, and, and if not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this again. It's like it's what makes this sport so undeniably mesmerizing and makes it so, so amazing to watch is the characters that fill this sport with the good guys and the bad guys, you know, the, the assholes, you know what I'm saying, the, you know, the delusional, the the characters, all walks of life. You got the rich white kid from Long Island and Chris Algieri. I mean, this guy's a professional boxer, right? Right. And then you got the guys. You, and then you got Lamont Peterson, who him and his brother, as little kids under the age of ten years old, are just walking the street homeless. Yeah, it's you know, crazy. People come from all walks of life, and it's this. This is the fight that brings all walks of life together. Yep. You know, this is the fight that has the characters that has its main, the antagonist and the protagonist coming from two different places. Floyd Mayweather's comes from, he is a, the pedigree of boxing, right? His family of professional fighters troubled with run-ins with the law. His life is a continuation of that troubles with the run-ins with the law, right? Had an absentee father as he's coming up as a young child athlete. Manny Pacquiao selling donuts on the streets, you know, in in the Philippines, having a war raging on 500 feet from the hut that he lives in in the middle of a rainforest in the Philippines, jumping on a bus and not telling his mom where he was going, right? Mm -hmm. Walking into a boxing ring, turning pro at 16 years old, to walking through the doors of the wild card gym. Dude, it all, it all culminates with this. Yeah. Everything. Both stories align. Money Mayweather. Manny Pacquiao. I mean, come on, man. The, the script could not be written any better than it has been written le- leading up to this. I mean, come on. We got to make... Six years in the making, all this, man. Six years. We got to make sure that Martin Scorsese lives long enough <laughs> right. to, to make this movie. Yeah, you're right, because man. Because this movie is going to be one... I, I would. I just want to see the Mayweather movie. Right. You I want to see one hell of a documentary come out of this. I, that's what I want to see. Yeah, absolutely. It, that would be fantastic because, uh, you know, love him or hate him, May yeah. 2nd, Mayweather Pacquiao, MGM Grand Garden Arena. It's going to go down. We'll be watching. We will be watching indeed. So that will do it for our Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview live. And um, But the show's not over. We're going to do a recap from last night, and we will call it quits here today on episode 47 of The Tale of the Tape. Be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com for all the archived episodes of The Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast, and give us a follow on Twitter, at Kenny Keith Jr., at The Boxing Rant, and at Vince Cummings 81. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. 
SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio. We're spanning the globe. We all over the place. All over the place. We are the global. We are a global symbol for boxing blabber. <laughs> that was a good one, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Last night, Madison Square Garden, the mecca of boxing. The return to the United States after a hiatus. The undisputed, undeniable heavyweight champion of the world. Vladimir Klitschko squared off against Bryant Jennings. Defending his belt against Bryant Bye-Bye Jennings, a fighter that had been for all, all accounts relatively inactive for a fighter that started so late in the game and that was climbing such an uphill uh, battle as it comes to gaining experience. Klitschko's been in the game for a while. A remarkable amateur career has been one of the figureheads of the sport, especially internationally, for such a long time. The size. Vladimir Klitschko, Dr. Steelhammer, six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. Brian Jennings, six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Big difference. Saw it yep. immediately in the ring. HBO Championship Boxing. My first impression, Vin, that ring was tiny. It was tiny, boy. It was really tiny, especially for big heavyweights like that. You normally give them guys space yeah. to, move, to move around. Look, that fight was, you know, I, I'll tell you this. It, it, much like we judge Mayweather in fights when, you know, well, he got hit a few times. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- I feel like that's how we look at this fight with Klitschko. Did he look really good last night? No. No, not really. But anybody can have an off night. Sure. And, and he could have been just off. Just an off night, you're not feeling it. Happens to any athlete in any sport at any time. Uh, you know, does Jennings deserve some credit? Yeah, he deserves a little credit. I, mean, I think we both did not see this thing going 12 rounds. And was there really competitive rounds during the fight? Nah, maybe one or two. Maybe. But for the most part, Klitschko handled business on an off night against an undefeated fighter. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. And I, and I also think that stylistically, I think it may have had more to do with the styles than, than, than it did an off night. In, 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 in my observation, from right. the way I was seeing things was is that I, I don't think Klitschko was prepared for the style of fight that Jennings was going to bring him. It's a, it's a raw style he has. You know, but he, but he fights way he, he fights far more under control in previous fights we've seen. Everything we've seen of Jennings, there's been somewhat of a, of a style. You right. know what I mean? Right. Whereas this one, he was just trying to roughhouse and make... He was trying to make Klitschko as uncomfortable as possible. He was trying to get as close to Klitschko as possible because we know how Klitschko reacts in mm-hmm. tight quarters. He, he likes to grab you. He gets frustrated sometimes too. Yeah, and the thing was is that the referee in this fight made it 100% clear. There, Michael Griffin was not going to allow Klitschko to in, implore his – to deploy his roughhousing tactics. Right. I – still cannot wrap my head around how it's Klitschko's fault when the smaller fighter comes bull rushing in head first and Klitschko puts his arms up and Jennings runs his head under his arm. Right. So as soon as Klitschko is to drop his arm, he's automatically holding him. Now the running Jennings back into the ropes, I get that. Right. That's clear and blatant. But come on, man. I know he lays on opponents, but I agree with Klitschko what he said in the post fight, Vin. You know? Most of the time, he's fighting shorter guys. What's he supposed to do? Right. They're, they're trying to get in on him. He's going to stand his ground. Klitschko's not going to back up, so you're going to come in on him, and, 
And a lot of times it looks like he's holding. Sometimes it's not brought on by him. Exactly. So what you have is a referee not allowing this. Right. You have a Jennings who is trying to get in as close as possible. And we saw from the punch stats that Jennings was trying to throw to the body as much as possible. Because I think he only hit Klitschko 15 times in the face the entire fight. Klitschko yeah. is almost more difficult to hit in the face than, than, than Floyd Mayweather is. Yeah, it, it's become, a, towards the end of his career, he's become something else at, at avoiding the headshot. But Klitschko does not fight in close range. No. He, he doesn't throw punches in close. No. He's never really developed. And I think it was Max Kellerman that said it last night during the broadcast. Could you ever imagine what Klitschko's game would be like if he was ever forced to develop an uppercut? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, he's, he's been able to, to implement the style, and it's been just a run of, you know, look, nobody's been able to do anything with him. He just keeps going about his business. I think my biggest disappointment in this fight, Vince, was Roy Jones Jr. Because for as great, sometimes I thought he was slipping there for a couple fights, Mm -hmm. right? And we don't really talk about the announcers as much anymore. No. But in this case, I have to. I feel feel it's necessary because in the the Matisse-Provodnikov card, um, they had the split crews, right? Um, Lampley and and B-Hop did Matisse-Provodnikov, so Kellerman and Roy Jones were left to handle the Crawford-Delorme fight. I thought Roy Jones was at the peak of his analysis, his analyst powers. I I really did. I thought he made so many great points. He did. You're exactly right. You know, he was fanboying Jennings to no end in this fight. Yeah. And it started a narrative where Kellerman was kind of left holding the bag of trying to make it seem like Hold on, guys. That's reality. Reality. Yeah, because even Lampley was jumping in on this. He, he was. The entire fight was about how great Jennings was doing. It, it wasn't about the narrative of the fight. The narrative was this. Vladimir Klitschko dominated Jennings. Jennings made it difficult for Klitschko to dominate. A little bit. It's, it's such a weird... So are we scoring rounds based off of... Jennings doing better than his predecessors? Yeah, that's that's the thing here, and that's all he did. He did more than we expected, and he did better than other fighters that we thought were going to give Klitschko a little bit more trouble. That, that's all it was. In in the eighth round, okay, it was one of the closer rounds of the fight. I still scored it for Klitschko because I scored a shutout. I scored the fight 119 to 108 for Klitschko, which was one, one point off of one of the judges' scorecards. He scored a 118-109. Right. Right? I didn't see anywhere in this fight at any point where Jennings did anything that was worthy of winning a round. And, uh, I can't remember what round. I gave him one round. <laughs> See, there you go, right? Third round, I believe. Fourth round, something like that. The eighth round, Lampley makes a statement that kind of sums up how the announcing went for this entire fight. He says, <laughs> he said, uh, Vladimir Klitschko is clearly embarrassed. I was like... For winning every round? Uh, I was like, hold on, what? You're, you can... You know, did he tell you in between rounds? Jim... This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I said, well, now we're starting to just, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. We're starting to, we're, 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 we're kind of going outside of our realm of, of responsibilities. We're kind of out kicking our coverage here. Yeah. Um, describing, look at him. He is, he is just, he is, he is having a bipolar episode in the ring. Come on. Come on, Jim. It, yeah. That was, that was a stretch. I was getting the vibe, though, by the way the announcers were announcing the fight and by the way that the referee was orchestrating the fight that we were going to see a controversial decision. Were you getting that vibe? 
Uh, yeah, for a little bit, I was. It, it it did seem like you know, with with crowd noise and 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 all that stuff and everything that was going on during that fight in the way that the narrative that they were trying to spell out. Yeah, you would think if you just if you just listened to that, if that was a radio call of that fight, you probably would have thought that Jennings got robbed. Yeah, no, you are exactly. That's a great point, man. That is a great point. And that's, yeah, that's terrible. That's absolutely horrible. Yeah, it is. Look. HBO, I know they signed this contract with them, but if you have listened to the commentary from Lampley and Kellerman especially, those two, uh, over the last seven years since Klitschko has been fighting in Europe, there has been nothing but criticism coming out of them. They have acknowledged that he is the undeniable champion, but there's been so many excuses made. It's almost like the last two fights prior to the Jennings fight have just been dominant, clear, just devastating, exciting knockout endings. Back-to-back, fifth-round knockouts of just, oh, man, how unbelievably impressive were those two wins. Oh, yeah. I thought Klitschko was back and having a rebirth. He looked unbelievable. Well, here's the thing, though, okay? Here's the thing, is that that is exactly the case. But it never stopped, though. It's the attention span. That's what it is. Right. There was 10 years of this. Yeah. Okay, there was 10 years of Klitschko doing this, and they would not give him credit whatsoever. He's the champion, but he fights boring fights. 18 straight defenses against the best the heavyweight division has to offer. That's and, bottom and he, line. I didn't, st- I didn't think the fight last night was boring at all. It was, no. fr- it was frustrating, Yeah, but it wasn't boring by any means. No, no, I wish fight. Klitschko should have been throwing the right hand. That was a great question by Kellerman in the in the post fight. Right? Why weren't you throwing the right hand, man? You could have just been teeing off on him, much in the same way that Wilder was teeing off on Stavern. Right? You know, split the guard with that thing, man. Yep. But you know, I mean, I, I think Jennings made him feel uncomfortable, and that's where that's where I give credit to Jennings, Vin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know. Making the giant feel uneasy. Having no fear against a guy that's been just absolutely dominant, especially a guy that only has 19 professional fights coming into it and at the age of 24 picked up the sport. I mean, that's pretty incredible. The other thing, Vin, that I will give amazing credit to, along with your point about what he's been able to accomplish in such a short career turning pro at such a a late age in boxing standards anyways, Jennings' strategy of earmuffs and barrel forward Okay, put Klitschko at risk for for the holding penalty that he was inevitably docked for. Okay, right. That strategy, and not that Klitschko ever needs help holding because that's part of his his offense, right? Part of, as as Jennings was saying, his prevent, right, right. But it exploited Klitschko's strength and turned it against him. Yeah, it did. You're exactly right. It did. And that strategy alone was completely unexpected. I thought Jennings was going to try to fight with him. And I think you did, too. Oh, yeah. And that's why we were predicting the early knockout. Yeah, I expected Jennings to just come out there and let him let him go, man. It was a smart strategy. It was. It was very smart. And I, you know what? He's got a career moving forward. Whether you lost or not, you had a very good showing against the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Even in a fight that you lost almost every freaking round, it was still an impressive performance for him. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But come on, man. Uh, pe- people, uh, you know, for the most part, Twitter was, was, was under control. I mean, even the people that thought that, uh, that were pulling for Jennings hardcore were basically saying, come on, guys, Klitschko is dominating this fight. Yeah. You know? But here's the thing. The announcers were acting like, like Klitschko should just go ahead and give Jennings one of his heavyweight championship belts just for a good show. 
<laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you did good, bud. You deserve one of these. <laughs> so, 116, 111 times two. 118 to 109. Vladimir Klitschko is still the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Then what did you score the fight? Uh, I gave... Uh, 118-109? I gave one one round or two rounds to Jennings. Okay. Okay, so 117-110. Yeah. Um, all right. So there you have it. Klitschko has now... He said it in the post-fight um, that he's going to turn to his mandatories. Okay? So he has mandatories right now in... I think one of them is definitely Tyson Fury. You don't want to know the other one. Who's the other one? Vagislav Glaskov. <laughs> <laughs> that kid does not has, does, has no business in the ring with Klitschko, man. Yeah, but the, you know what? That fight should be fought in Europe, man. Yeah, it should be. You it, know, that, that does nothing. Russia the versus States. the Ukraine. That's kind of a war that's going on right now. Yeah. Although that storyline would sell here too. It would. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, the Fury fight. Okay. That seems to be the fight that's going to happen this summer. I, I I hope so, boy. I think it's going to be such a good fight, man. I do too. I think it's going to be such a good fight because, you know, like like as you and I were going back and forth last night um, uh, during the fight, it's going to look. We saw the vulnerability of Klitschko. I think to your point, like you were saying last night, that you think that that uh, Jennings was able to exploit um, Klitschko in some ways, mm-hmm. and Klitschko showed some fatigue at the end of the fight. I think what we saw to your point is that. Fury can, and he'll come up with his own way of doing it, Right, is going to have to frustrate Klitschko. If he can figure out a way to frustrate Klitschko, that is, in my opinion, the, the recipe for Fury to beat Dr. Steelhammer because he's not going to do it fighting the way Jennings did. That, that's <laughs> going to be the best heavyweight fight in, I don't know, a decade, man. Yeah. That's going to be a hell of a fight. It is. I, I completely agree with you. I could care less about the Wilder fight. He's living in La La Land. Let him stay over there. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I, look, Klitschko handles Wilder pretty quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so there you have it. HBO Championship Boxing, Dr. Steelhammer. Hey, man. He, he Look, don't forget about this guy moving forward just because that performance wasn't what you may have expected from I, the guy. I, I, you know what? I, it didn't bother me. No, I, and, and, and I hope that... People took away from it. It was still a pretty good fight. Yeah, it was. Uh, the Madison Square Garden with the big heavyweight fight, man. You can't, you know, that's as big as it gets. The place was rocking, wasn't it, it? It was. I was really surprised. I thought maybe that crowd might be a little light. No. Them boys came in the ring, and that place exploded, man. Dude, there were a few hundred seats shy of an absolute sellout. Yeah. That's you know what's so funny? This cracks me up. You notice how HBO, okay, and they're, and they're now separate universe from the PBC. HBO, they pretty much, all of their shows pretty much sell out. Yep. Okay? With the big fighters. Mm -hmm. Okay? So they have no problem admitting when a few seats are empty. So they'll be like, it's almost a sellout. They can be honest. Right. Because it, for all intents and purposes, looks like a sellout. Yeah. Whereas the PBC, there'll be 2,000 people in in a 15,000-seat arena like we saw this weekend for the the PBC on Spike. They'll dim the lights and tell everybody it's a sellout crowd. Yeah, it's a... ah. PBC is so frustrating. So we go to Chicago to close the show. The PBC on Spike Friday night. Danny Jacobs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Anthony Durrell. Um, the story was two cancer survivors. They had been since returned to the ring for a while now. That story leading into the fight was, I think it was necessary. It's part of the story. These guys have accomplished something that hopefully 
you and I and our loved ones that we still have living today don't have to battle through. Of course. You know what I mean? At some point, somebody on Twitter asked the question, at what point does this become exploitation? Yeah. Because the entire telecast, the entire telecast, that's all the entire thing was. The Danny jacobs Truax fight, man, the way they introduced it, it just it really pissed me off, man. Really? Yeah. For the middleweight championship of the world. Come on, guys. Guys, guys. Danny Jacobs holds a secondary belt. He holds it's he it's it's he holds a version of the WBA just like um uh Chris Eubank Jr. So they both both these guys have a knockoff belt. The WBA middleweight champion of the world is Gennady Golovkin. Okay? They so they introduced Danny Jacobs this fight for the middleweight championship of the world. Everybody, dude, Twitter caught on fire. Everybody was like, excuse me, what? I, dude, I responded. I was like, does Triple G, Andy Lee, Miguel Cotto, and the vacant IBF belt know that they're fighting tonight? <laughs> yeah, man. I, look, they're, they're, they're playing to an audience that doesn't know any better, man. That's what they think anyways. Yeah, that's the sad part is that that's what they think. Even giving away tickets for free on one iota could not save this card whatsoever. It was just an awful, awful night of boxing. Jacobs closed the show and did his job. Don't sit here and try to pump to me, PBC, that he is the middleweight champion. No. Just because you beat cancer doesn't mean that you can just make up the rest of his story as being fake because that does a disservice does. to this kid's battle that he that, that he won, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. Because the truth be told, let's run this down, and you tell me right now if this dude's the middleweight champion of the world, okay? Jose Miguel Rodriguez Berrio, Juan Astorga, Jesse Orta, Robert Clyward, Josh Luteron, Chris Fitzpatrick, Keenan Collins, Giovanni Lorenzo, Milton Nunez, Jared Fletcher, Caleb Truex. That's this guy's last 10 fights. Yeah. That, Come on, man. Yeah, he's not even touching the top 10 with any of those. It's pretty no. bad. Pretty bad. For the middleweight championship. So that leads me to my next point. Anthony Durrell, right, puts out a video. He's so arrogant, right? Mm-hmm. So cocky, dude. He's perfect for the PBC. Yep. Right? Anthony Durrell says that. He doesn't want to fight George Groves because, I mean, it's pretty clear. He thinks he's going to lose to George Groves, who's the WBC mandatory for the super middleweight green belt, right? So he puts out a video saying, oh, yeah, you know what, George Groves, I'm going to knock your ass out as soon as I'm done with Badu Jack, right? (laughs) He gets into the ring thinking that this is a foregone conclusion, okay? They announced the Durrell and Jack fight again for the super middleweight championship. Uh, You know who that poked. Andre Ward went wild on Twitter. I'm sure he did. Right after that announcement, okay? And, um, of course, again, they leave the sanctioning body out. But here's my question before I get to this fight. How are they going to upcoming, I think it's on May 23rd, Andre Durrell and James DeGale are going to be fighting on the PBC on NBC for the IBF super middleweight belt. So if this Darrell Jack fight was for the super middleweight championship of the world, what's the Darrell DeGale fight for? Is that for the middleweight, the super middleweight championship of the world too? I think so. Yeah. That's it's come on, man. I I don't even, did they even see what they're doing? No, it's 
God, it's just the, the blind leading the blind. I don't know, man. That That is ridiculous. I didn't even realize that. You, you didn't watch this card, did you? I have watched zero. <laughs> zero of the card, buddy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm done with the PBC, man. I mean, look, I, I'm not, not going to say I'm not going to watch it anymore. Right. But if that's what you're giving me, you know, I, there's plenty of boxing on. I get, I get my fill. So I don't need to watch that garbage. I'll read about it. If it was that damn good, all right, I'll go back and watch it. I'm not going to be sitting on my couch waiting for the PBC to start anymore. Yeah, there was a uh, uh, another boxing podcaster out there that just absolutely flipped out on me for making the comment that I was done with the PBC. He just went off on me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, first off, what do you care about my about my opinions? Right. Okay? Y- you know, and, and, and secondly, if I make a statement out of frustration after – of you know because the PBC likes to take large steaming dumps on my television screen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I do what I want, and the fact remains is is that this is garbage. Not only they are making the fights seem less important. Yeah, they're feeding lies. Here's the problem with the PBC: they're pumping lies and bullshit. Everything about it, from pretending the crowd is full to the constant reiteration of lie after lie after lie after lie. They are making things up out of thin air. I don't really understand how more people don't see through it. I really, it's, it's plain as day. It's right there. It's right in front of your face. Just look at it. They're taking you for a ride. Yes, Nothing they're telling you is true. No. The only thing that is true is the, are, are the punches being thrown. Yep. That's it. Yep. They're taking half-truths out of these guys' life stories and turning it into that's They are pimping the PBC, and they're pimping these fighters off of their trials and tribulations. It's a shame, man. It really is. I want to know the the Andre Durrell James DeGale fight. What are they fighting for? They're going to have to explain that. <laughs> but they won't. Vince, I know. They'll think we forgot. Yeah, I know. From three weeks before, and they're going to reannounce it as for the super middleweight championship of the world. The, their whole business model is built on, eh, those guys probably forgot. Well, anyways, Anthony Durrell got his ass beat. Yeah. Badu Jack brought the thunder. Durrell's eyes were like a deer in the headlights. They were wide open. He was on his back foot, backpedaling in just a very defensive posture, looking at Badu Jack like, dog. It, it's like a WWF match where the guy who's supposed to lose decides that he's just, uh, you know what? Fuck Vince McMahon. I'm going to win this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And pins the guy on purpose, yeah. which has happened before. Oh, yeah. You've heard stories about that the from hit, the WWF. man, right? Yeah. Saying, you know what? Screw this, man. I'm champ. Yep. That's what Darrell's face looked like because Badu Jack brought the thunder. I, you know what? I have criticized Jack mainly. Not, it's not so much his fault for fighting a horrible fight, then getting knocked out, and then getting a shot at a title. Right. That isn't really all his fault. He's going to fight the fights they give him. Right. Okay? And, and I'll criticize you for being on the PBC and for fighting for Mayweather. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's but I a tell tri- you, trifecta there, buddy. Yeah. But all that BS aside, then, Badu Jack brought it. Yeah. I'm going to have to check it out because, you Dude, know what, I've disrespected Badu Jack and, and kind of brushed him aside as, look, he's a fighter that's made it as he's peaked. He's not going any further. And I, I, According to what I've read and what you're saying, yeah, I, I think I want to check it out, see if I can't uh, get a, a different opinion of him moving forward. He looked really good. Wow. I think, look, big up to Badu Jack for taking that knockout loss and, cap, and, 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 and learning from it. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not many fighters can do that. That could be the end of a career. You know, uh, an early knockout loss like that can hurt you big time. All right. So that'll do it for the PBC. Obviously, there's no no point in breaking those fights down. That sums it up right there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That sums it up uh, right there. Uh, truth be told, Gennady Golovkin, who will be returning to the ring on May the 16th against Willie Monroe Jr., is recognized by those who do know to be, uh, well, I mean, pretty much the middleweight champion. Until Cotto, you know, can, uh, gets to the point in his progression, I don't know what the next catch weight is, but I think the next step after 157 is 159, and then he'll, he'll finally make it up to 160. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I know, it's, it is what it is. It's right. like if you weigh under 160, you can fight for the middleweight title, but, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. So the schedule looks like this. This weekend, Saturday night, Showtime HBO pay-per-view, Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. You heard the preview here on the tail of the tape, Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview live. May 2nd, MGM Grand Garden Arena. Pound for pound, supremacy on the line. It's all on the line, my friend. All on the line. Vasily Lomachenko joins the party. Can't wait to see him back in action. And your boy, Leo Santa Cruz, is fighting against Anthony Satole. Yeah, they found, what? Him, found another cupcake for him, huh? Man, he is just lining them up and knocking them. He's not even fighting tomato cans, man. He's fighting empty tomato cans. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's beyond bad at this uh, point. Leo Santa Cruz is a bum. Yeah. Period. Straight up bum. So there is the, uh, the big names on the undercard. Um, right there, we got a couple fights leading up. The True TV card. Ramundo Beltran versus Ow in uh, fighting for the vacant uh, WBO lightweight title. We return the week after Mayweather versus Pacquiao for Canelo Alvarez versus James Kirkland. And what is rounding out to be a pretty star-studded cast of Golden Boy Promotions' uh, best young fighters. It oh, sh- yeah? Should be exciting. Tyshawn Dong joins the party. Huh. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, Joshua Clotty. Jojo Diaz, Frankie Gomez, it'll be a good show. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, faux show. Um, and we won't. We will just bypass the PBC, the Omar Figueroa. All of a sudden, he's a household name. Yeah, of course. I just wish he would have stayed with Golden Boy, man. He's yeah, so much better off for that. May 16th, Triple G, Willie Monroe, Chocolatito versus Edgar Sosa on the undercard. <laughs> that's a damn fight card right there, yeah, boy. Two of the most exciting fighters going right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes on and on and on the schedule continues but we'll be back next week for episode 48 of the tale of the tape as we will do the post fight of mayweather versus pacquiao and we will also preview canelo versus kirkland big show yes sir man it'll be another big show we have gone overtime here today but it has been faux real so my friend i guess that'll do it for Episode 47 of the Tale of the Tape. up Saturday, please. Absolutely. We cannot wait for May 2nd as Mayweather and Pacquiao do the deal for welterweight and pound-for-pound supremacy. We'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to this special Tale of the Tape boxing podcast on theboxingrant.com. For my co-host, Vince Cummings, who you can follow on Twitter, at VinceCummings81, I'm your host, Kenny Keith, of TheBoxingRant.com, 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. Be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com for all the archived episodes of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Mayweather versus Pacquiao preview live. We'll be back next week with episode 48 of the Tale of the Tape. Sundays, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be bringing the Tale of the Tape to you live every week, so be sure to drop by. And once again, Vince and I would like to thank you for tuning in to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on theboxingrant.com. <laughs>